and welcome in. It is episode number 11 of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark from Glenn Clark Radio, alongside Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, where he covers the WWE and all things pro wrestling. Aaron, I'm a little bit surprised you're able to do the show today with the gigantic NXT boner that I figured that you were going to bring in. I mean, this has been, what, the, the greatest week for indie NXT fans right. ever between... <laughs> right. Kevin Owens debuting on Raw, and then, of course, TakeOver Wednesday night, and the thing that some people thought would never happen actually happened. The man, the Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joe, showed up. And not only did Samoa Joe show up, not only did he have a stare down with Kevin Owens, not only did all that happen, he showed up as Samoa Joe. That's right. Not as 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 Hideo Itami or as... Joe Uso or, (laughs) you know, anything else. And... Yeah, Samoa Joe, the crowd immediately starts the Joe's going to kill you chance, and everything was awesome. All right, let's note, a little bit later on in today's show, we are going to recap what happened WWE Payback. We will do that a little bit later on. We will look over Monday Night Raw. We'll do our quick count a little bit later on. and uh, We got a great guest this week, JTG. You remember him as one half of the Brooklyn, former, Brooklyn. Right, the former WWE tag team Crime Time, along with his partner Shad. He's got his own book out now, believe it or not. Yes. JTG has a book out called Damn, Why Did I Write This Book? And um, I intend to ask him that very question when we talk to him a little bit later on. Um, So we will do that uh, later on in today's show. But, yes, our main event this week is all about uh, what happened on Wednesday night with WWE – or NXT, sorry, NXT TakeOver and uh, Samoa Joe's arrival uh, at NXT. And I'm with you, Aaron, because you know me. I'm not – the way that we do this show is I represent the – casual WWE fan. The guy that enjoys Monday nights will watch the pay-per-views is probably not going to go much further than that. I like the product. I don't love the product. And I represent a large number. Yes, you do. In fact, I would say the overwhelming majority of, of WWE fans are like me. You represent the group of people that if there were two guys wrestling outside this window right now, you'd probably start chanting about it. Probably. You, you yeah. would watch anything that involves men grappling in tights, that's who you are, and that's there's a group of people that are exactly like you. Correct. We, we tend to do things that way that when it's a little bit nerdier, quote-unquote, we fall to Aaron to answer it. I, despite the fact that I'm not in that category, even I, upon finding out what had happened last night, I was not wa- – or we taped this on Thursday, upon finding out what happened Wednesday night, I did not get to watch live because I was uh, watching the Orioles and David Letterman and things like that. I said, oh, wow. Oh, wow, that's that's cool. Uh, they're packing an awful lot into May right now, aren't they? It's. I mean, they're definitely giving anyone who's using this free trial their money's worth here. Um, I, I, would, I would say this, we knew, we didn't know it was coming. We thought there could be a chance this was coming. There, right. there were enough. There were enough hints. I feel like we've we talked about it a couple, you know, a month or two ago on the show that there were the talks about Samoa Joe supposedly signing. We know he had, you know, he had talked with Jim Ross about one. It, it was just it made too much sense. He was a free agent. The thing that makes this so unusual, you know, we've seen obviously we've seen Kevin Owens sign with WWE. We've seen Sami Zayn. We've seen Finn Balor. All these, you know, big indie stars. This is the first time that we've seen a legitimate star who made his name on the indies, and then specifically made his name With in TNA, TNA. Yeah. make the jump over to WWE. We, you know, we saw, um, we saw Elijah Burke, who, you know, uh, jumped over. 
Uh, no, actually, it was the other way around, but we did see Monty Brown. Monty Brown, right. Monty Brown was the, the one guy but before. But didn't really do anything. Yeah, didn't do much with it. They changed his name. They didn't overly change his gimmick, but did a little bit. Um, this is the first time that we've seen that transition made, and the fact that, you know, everyone was worried about it. And and for, I think, fair reasons, you know. Samoa Joe, not the, the ideal, not what you would think of when you think of the WWE, that body type, the wrestling style. Uh... And just, just the history of the way they push into you guys. I think that a lot of people are underselling the fact that he's keeping his name. He's Samoa Joe. They've already put out Samoa Joe shirts the day he... Five minutes after he debuted, huh. up on the WWE shop, huh. a Samoa Joe shirt. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I remember they introduced Kenta as Kenta and then later had him change his name. No, no, no. He is Samoa so I Joe. Was, I was a bit worried about that. He's Samoa Joe, which means that... They they were willing to do whatever well, it took well, to it, keep him. I think it means they believe in his name recognition too. That they believe that there's value in it. And with all due respect to those other guys, they did not have the same success in America with those names. That that for whatever you want to say about TNA, right. it was on television. Um, it still is it, on television. It's still, for now, yeah, we'll get to right, that later. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Samoa Joe appeared. They, were, they did pay per views at a time. Real right. pay per views. Now they do those. You know, like. Um, recorded pay-per-views the, the, there was name value more significant in this country for Samoa Joe than there was for Kenta or for um, Prince McDevitt or for you know Kevin Steen that those guys had never gotten to for for better or for worse TNA was number two correct now let's not compare them to WCW or you know anything like that but they were number two they were number two they yeah, were, they've, they've been around for 12 years now right. like that Whatever you want to say about them. And they still are number two. I mean, Impact Wrestling, whatever you want to call it now. Right. They still are number two. It's just, it's not looking good at the moment. Right. There is a a vacuum at number two. But going back to to Samojo, it's just so interesting that they kept his name, which shows that, but I also would bet that it's something that he kind of demanded as part of it. I think that, for the most part, they would have much rather him come in as Joe the Samoan. Right. You know, something like that. But I, I bet he did it. Uh, the other interesting thing about it is the reports that are coming out this morning, and of course is the buzz of the uh, wrestling world, is that right now he's not exclusive to WWE. This is a first-time thing for WWE. He's coming on. He can still do indie shows at this moment, and uh, but they're still pushing him. They give it, as, as I said, they gave him a shirt, which shows they wanted him. And from what we understand, Triple H, absolutely in love with the guy. And I think it shows that, I don't expect him down in NXT very long. It's, it, okay, I'm glad we bring that up. I, I think that this is the interesting that comes from here. I think immediately you have all of this, oh my God, what are they doing with him? I think there's a bigger question about what they're doing with NXT and the fact that sort of all at once, we've now seen within the last three months, we've seen Neville. We've seen, obviously, Sami Zayn. We've now seen Kevin Owens. And not yet on main programming, but presumably soon, we'll see Samoa Joe. That's four, all within the span of, what, you know, three months? Tyler Breeze uh, within the last seven months, I guess? When would he make his, when did they do that match on Raw? That was back in September. It was September. Okay, so within the last year. Charlotte was up, you know. Right. We've seen an awful lot of NXT performers appearing on mainstream WWE programming. It makes me wonder if they're trying to set up a Nexus Redux. Oh, everyone talks about it. I don't want anything to do with that. And I'm 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 an NXT guy. I'm an indie guy. I want nothing to do with any. Cause Why? 
Because there's no way to do it correctly. There's no way you can possibly do it correctly. And when you consider the fact that by doing that, as it is, you know, these guys get kind of the NXT guy labeled because of how big NXT has gotten because these guys have been, uh, during this rise of NXT over the past year, have been the faces of NXT. Well, and it's, you, it, it's separate from, there are plenty of guys that prepared. Like Big E was in the NXT, right. but he's not thought he's of not as an, an NXT guy. Yeah, Seth Rollins, right. all, all, yeah. There, but these guys at this point are kind of the faces of NXT. I think that's that label. I want them to be able to shed that label eventually. You know, I want them to be able to come if they come up as a group and do the Nexus or what the invasion or whatever you want to, you know, a WWE versus NXT type thing. Right. For one, at least at this point, if, if you're talking three years down the line, when, as Triple H has been saying, he wants NXT to be a separate brand. He does not want the developmental label on it anymore. I don't anymore. like that. I don't like that. But he wants it to be a separate... That would be the only way you could do it. If it was a completely separate brand and not developmental... As it is, you can't have developmental guys beating WWE overall in the, in a well, okay, overall storyline. But- and then when they break up, because they're going to be up there, they're yes. going to break up... Then look at what happens with the Nexus. Well, hang on a second. Did did Nexus hurt Wade Barrett? Wade Barrett was the only one it didn't hurt. Everyone else fell off, and they had to completely reinvent themselves. I don't. Well, I mean, the argument would be that Daniel Bryan was part of the Nexus. Well, but he was for one night. I I get it, but he was part of it. And even he had, you know, look how long it took him. He was kind of the the NXT guy who came up. But he he's a little. But how else can you inject this many new faces into a company all at once? You don't do it all. I I think that they are. They're well, they're not. I mean, they they've been staggering it a little bit. Only a little. And I I think they might need to stagger it a little bit more. But I'd much rather see them come up as Sami Zayn. I'd much rather have them come up as do their own thing. I, if you want to allude to it, and they're going to allude to it, they they've been getting a lot better at that. Of you know Kevin Owens talk, talking about Sami Zayn, uh, just everyone going around and around with that. Uh, I just don't think that coming up as an invasion angle. I don't. I, I mean. Regardless of the fact that I don't trust the WWE to write correctly, right. but even if you had the great, even if you had Heyman and Jr. and you know some great bookers in there, I don't think there's a way to do it properly because you can't have you can't have developmental beat WWE. You well, can't I, do I, it. I understand what you're and saying, if, and, and if you're beating, but, and but hang if you bring on. them does, up to job, them does out. Samoa Joe change that? No. Why? Why would it? Because he's not technically. I mean, he's way different than developmental. If you're saying all of these guys are way different than developmental, I think that's why it makes it more interesting. But you I think can't, this but then, group is different than the group of Heath Slater and. Here's, here's actually here's how you can do it. Yes, you do not call it an NXT invasion. Okay, you say okay, we're going to bring these the stable up here. Right. We're going to you know uh, the radicals. You know, fine. Okay, well other than but that's different than what I was. A lot of people are saying let's do a. WWE, well, I don't want to call it WWE war. versus NXT, but remember the, oh, ne- okay. the Nexus was close to it was. It sounded like NXT, right? But it wasn't. It was an actual name. But but you, I mean, everyone uh, you know established that this was the group of NXT guys coming up. This is. I'd rather it if you told me this is Zayn Owens. The the problem actually with that more than anything is that you know these guys have such you know you can't put Zayn and Owens on the same team together. Right, because they're so they're so different, and they've been they they've been feuding. Right, yeah. correct. Um, you, you can't all of a sudden just have them. And, and then Joe friends. is apparently going to be feuding with Owens. So Owens, but if you told me, you know, Balor, Zayn, 
Joe. Sure, you could do that, and it would be... I just don't know how else you're going to do this to inject so much new talent into a company that, frankly, is the top The top of the card right now is still relatively new talent. Correct. Which that is, they have only a couple. They have Cena. They have Orton. You have to be careful with it. You have to be careful with it. I think they... I don't... We'll get to this a lot more in our... When we look at Raw. Right. I, I think that the Owens thing is... I, I was ex- excited as hell to see it. I'm really nervous about it, and I don't think they're doing it correctly at all. Uh, we'll get to that a little later. Uh, but I would, you know, Joe's probably, my guess is SummerSlam. We're going to see it. He's going to do the, 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 the go around to the next takeover in NXT. He'll, he'll get the blow off with Owens, which will be, I believe, August 12th is okay. when the next takeover is going to be. Uh, 10 days after that, or th- 11 days after that, is SummerSlam. So that Raw after so, SummerSlam. So what are you doing with Joe then at SummerSlam? Nothing. I, Nothing. I, I, I think you, you – well, okay. you could you could have him debut at SummerSlam. My guess is the Raw after. That's my guess. Okay. I, I don't think that it's definite, but if I'm, you know, if I'm fantasy booking this, that's what I do. I have him do the once over in NXT, which uses them to, as much as we all know Samoa – a lot of people do. A lot of people who watch NXT it, don't know Samoa Joe, so you get that extra spotlight right. on him. So when he does come to the main roster, it's like, hey, this is Samoa Joe. You guys should know Samoa Joe by now. Here's the reason why I'm so intrigued by this possibility. I, I want you to fantasy book SummerSlam right now, all right? I want us to look at what it is Well, my, that... my fantasy booking would have involved uh, not having Owens and okay, seeing but the I'm... face of the Elimination Chamber and going SummerSlam yeah, you want them the at first SummerSlam. time. Right, I hear you, time. but that's okay. Take it off the table. So fantasy book SummerSlam. Um, or we're assuming Lesnar's going to be there? Yes, I am. So Lesnar-Rollins, do you, do you kind of chalk that one in? Um, where do you go yeah, at this point? You see? Yeah, like that's see? The, it's, it's, this it's up is, in the air. This is, now, this is exactly where I am. This is why this isn't this possibility is intriguing to me. I think that you're in a place where you need, and I think this goes back to what I said about the Shield. There's only so many combinations of Shield guys that you can do in one match, and that you've run out of it. The problem is right now, and it's a great problem because you've elevated three guys, but that's kind of all you've elevated. That that right now, the guys that really matter within the company are the Shield guys. Who else? Raw, oh, the Orton, Orton. Yeah, Orton. Orton. Cena. Cena, kinda. Yeah. And Lesnar, if he's around. That's it. Pretty much. That's it. That's all that matters right now. And three of them will eternally be tied together, and that's fine. You know, we talked about it last week, and you all shared, you and Kevin X shared your opinions, and I get it. Um, I I am of the opinion that you need to make more guys matter. And but I, I don't think the way to make it matter is to do a mass call up and. And, I mean, you're the one who's kind of complaining about the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys all being linked together for years and years. But That's I, what happens oh, if you right. call. I don't think this is something – that's because the S.H.I.E.L.D. lasted for a long time. I don't think this is something where these guys I, – I think what, that, what made the Nexus so great is they came up at the right time and they were really interesting for one pay-per-view. For one pay-per-view, they mattered. They, uh, they rocked – yes. Eh, it was really for one. It was one – again, anything that happens at – a pay-per-view right. that okay. Fair. they, they Fair. didn't have a SummerSlam and a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam right. and a Royal right, Rumble. Right, right. They had a SummerSlam. That's yeah. what they had. Okay. And my point being that for one pay-per-view, to give it more depth, to make it feel like it matters more because these guys show up, because they play a major role with it, I think that can help the company, one. And I think that you can produce not – I don't – math my, would tell us, by the way, as much as you like all of these guys – not all six of them are going to end up being stars in the WWE. And, and here's here's the thing, though. I think they could because mm. – and, and you're yeah. right. You're right. Math says no. 
but and but that's why I want to give them every opportunity to. And I think that part of the opportunity is not lumping them together because, with the exception of the shield, we haven't seen been able to see a stable come in together, break up, and have everybody come out okay. But I think you have to accept that. I mean, I, I just think that you have. But to. but I think that if you Again, it's tricky now because you have all these guys who are ready. Right. Like that, that's the biggest problem right now is all these guys are ready. And be- again, because for the most part, these aren't your typical uh, in- or these aren't your typical developmental guys. Right. These, these, are, these guys are guys who, who as Owen said, I have wrestled right. longer than you. So right. You know? Correct. Um, I, I would rather – I'd rather, you know – I'd plan it out right now, though. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you can't do this short-term planning nonsense – I think one of the things that's uh, going to be a problem is all of these false starts we're having. These, you know, like Zane showing up and he's not going to show up again until who knows when. Uh, I also think it looks bad that you're feeding all of them to John Cena. I don't think you can have all of these guys well, that, lose to John Cena. That's a problem too. I mean, I think that's a, a big issue. So, so that's what I would. That's why, because again, if you're calling them up, most likely you're feeding them to somebody. You're, and that's what's going to happen. But I think that's what makes a faction more interesting. Is that? You, but you, but you don't want to feed an entire faction to people. I hear you, but I don't think you have to. Is my, I think that you can do. Uh, here's. Um, I don't. I, uh, I just don't know that you can. I just don't know that you can in this situation. Uh, I. Because I, then, uh, then are they the heels? Are they the faces? What are you doing? And if it's an, you know, a invading group as it's going to appear to be, wouldn't that by default make them a heel? And then you're having Zayn uh, and unless Balor. They're, unless and they're with, invading the authority. Unless it's somehow you strengthen the authority in the next month. All right. If if right here's here's the problem with that, and. Because that means you need to attach somebody. You're not going to have them go after the authority unless there's someone who's already feuding with the authority involved. And that most likely, cringing, means that if you're going to do something like that, you're going to have Cena lead them. And you don't want Cena to be leading them. I mean, yeah, it's cringeworthy, but it could be interesting. Maybe. It could be interesting. Maybe. Um, you know, you really want to you really want to test the marks, right? Have <laughs> have John Cena walk out to the ring with all of their hair, all their heroes, and see where right. they're at at that point. No. Um. But what I do right now, I would I would plan it out. I would plan out between now and next year's, you know, the night after WrestleMania, and say, okay, I'm going to debut him right around here. I'm going to debut him right around here. I'd space everything out at least, you know, three months between everybody. If Owens is coming up, which doesn't seem like he is, which you know, again, makes this whole thing seem like a little bit of a mistake. And okay, uh, Joe in summer. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Zane as far as his injury goes, so maybe. Uh, they, they, I think the the word this week was that it wasn't as bad as some oh, people had feared. Well, I just I read that he's having surgery. Oh, okay. Um, right. and it it se- he wasn't going full speed. Uh, Wednesday night. Uh, you know, maybe. We don't know how mu- how much of a surgery it's going to be, but maybe I, I say, okay, I'm going to have him come up in October or November, around you know, somewhere around there. And then Balor, Balor is either Rumble or the night after Mania, and I plan that out perfectly. You, you don't let them step on each other's toes, and you you keep them apart. You keep them separate, which I think is important, and you keep make them have their own persona. I think it's so They're not di- tied to I it. think that this company struggles to tell one story. I think asking them to try to tell six, six compelling stories is not something they, they're capable of doing. And I well, think that's so, part of the reason why I, I lean towards the faction. I mean, it's to, way easier for them to tell one story. Yeah, but then you, you screw someone over. Hey, man, I, and, and, I get it, but I just don't. we're talking about the WWE here. I understand. But, hey, I mean, to, to their credit, right now Kevin Owens is involved with 
five different feuds, I think. I hear you. And, and they're able to balance all that out. But, but keep in mind, the overwhelming majority of wrestling fans still don't really know anything about Kevin Owens. Correct. You just you got it. At some point, if he's going to become what you want him to become, they're going to be responsible for taking him to Correct. the next level. And Correct. how trustworthy are you of that? None. Right. But I'm more... But I'd rather give them the chance than not give them. And just say, okay, put them in a faction because I don't trust them to do anything else. I mean, I hear you. Because then you have, you know, maybe the whoever the leader would be, but whether it, it's Val right. or... My, again, or I think that one of the, when I keep saying faction, I'm not looking for this to be a group that performs together for a year. Right. I think that it's a one-off way to introduce yourself to a bunch of people that you guys love that guys like me only kind of know. We're familiar with, maybe. You know it's, what I mean? It's a good way to introduce to them. Right. It's a bad way for three months down the line. I, I, I hear you, but I think that almost anything they do, unfortunately, might be a bad way for three yeah, months down the line. We'll see. Um, in, in the immediacy, it makes, you know, NXT continued to be, it, NXT continues to be very interesting. It continues to be great programming. Um, and, and what they're clearly doing is trying to convert people that are into NXT right now. The people that are in the, mo- the, the, the boat of, I love NXT, I don't really love the other program. They need those people to watch Tough Enough this summer on USA Network as well. So they've done a lot to try to get people that are watching Raw to start watching the WWE Network to become, but they also need to get the people that are, you know, with the network that don't love Raw to start watching some of their, watching some of their other programming that they're in the boat with both those groups of people, that they need to try to cross those two groups, right. my group, your group, as much as they possibly can. Yep. And I don't think it's easy. It, it's not. It, it's a tough balancing act, especially I, I think the toughest balancing act is NXT, is, is what I alluded to earlier. What is NXT? Is it a separate brand? Is it developmental? What is it? Because you're bringing all these guys in. I, but I don't think guys like you would love it if it wasn't a developmental brand. I'm telling you, if it was just... I, mean, I don't... I, I've been arguing for a year now that it's not. It hasn't been. But that's... It doesn't... Okay. Because um, I, I don't think you have situations l- like, you know, Joe comes up, so he's going to probably face Owens as, at the next takeover, which means... I mean, what, what it's turning into is all these indie guys are coming in, and it's more of a showcase than a... Okay, call, call it whatever... Than a developmental, right. That's fine. Call it whatever you want to call it. My point being, if it was just another WWE brand... If it's just what you saw on WWE TV on Wednesday night, I you get sick of certain things. You just do. Well, I, I think that it would be it would be what it. I mean, what I think it is is the old what uh, ECW became, the WWE's version of ECW. Yeah. Which, well, well hold on. You you say yeah, well, and yeah, at first it sucked, but the last year to eighteen months of its run, it was very compelling television. It was where it was where those guys went who were too big for FCW, but were not quite ready for, you know, for Raw. It's where Sheamus, Jack Swagger, Kofi, all these guys got their starts, and it was it was actually very good television I, I get it, well. but how quickly did we find ourselves being sick of Sheamus? Well, how, but, that, that, but we weren't sick of ECW. That's the thing. Well, we were we didn't like that it was called ECW. Well, we had a big problem with that. If it was called NXT, though. Okay. I, I hear you. That's you. what NXT is, and that's what it should be, and I don't think mm. that completely shedding the label. I, I, that's I, the thing. I, this is why I disagree. I disagree largely because these guys are always going to be better monetarily by getting onto Raw, and so you're never going to live in a world where you say, I want you to stay here forever. And the oh, moment, no, no. And the moment they go, when, when you still have Raw existing as your top brand, 
it you can't change it. You can't make one brand equal to another. Well, you that, you're not making it equal. Well, but that's my, my point being that it's you can never sustain this for very long because ultimately, if these guys are really good, they're going to want to get the raw. And then they'll have guys come up and can you can do this for them. you think you can do this forever? You I think, think forever you, you can find high level forever, talent. I think for the a, next. Five, six, seven years. Mm, okay. Sure. Okay. I like to see it. I mean, there, there's still plenty of good indie talent out there. I, I get it, but they can only afford to continue to pay so many guys for so long. Well, then, you know, eventually they're going to do some spring cleaning just like they did with I, JTG. I'm, I'm very <laughs> aware of that. Um, I, I hear you, but when they do that, they, they eat themselves, right? I mean, as it is, they, they've already gotten another big indie guy who they haven't debuted yet, Uha Nation. And uh, he's getting ready. So as long as they keep one by one bringing up these big indie guys, you know, they can continue to do it. Is there anyone else of TNA that that we'd like to see? Ethan. Well, this is someone they already struck out on. He was uh, Ethan Carter III. He was Derek Bateman in WWE. And he is one of the best things in wrestling, period. Not in in TNA. He is amazing. And the fact that... They are somehow struck out on him is just mind blowing to me, uh, because he has the look he wants. He has the charisma. Would it matter enough for them to try to make another run with AJ Styles? Would it matter enough? Like, I mean, would, the, the, the would, issue would with people care if AJ Styles showed up? Sure. Okay. People could just like people cared about Samoa Joe. People would care. The problem with him is he's old and he's All loving right. what he's doing in Japan right now. Okay. But, I mean, I don't, I don't see them. And, and the thing with Joe, the difference between Joe and AJ, and I've talked about this for, for a little bit here, uh, I've written some articles, Joe is, Joe is so different from anything they have. You know, he's, the closest thing now is, is Kevin Owens, but the, the body type is different, his wrestling style is different, and while AJ is great, I love AJ, I love what he's doing in the Bullet Club, not a great talker, you know, the worker, he, they have a lot of guys who kind of look like him, have his body type, he's just... There's a lot of guys like him. There's nobody in the world like Samoa Joe. Between his body types, his move set, everything. You know, he is a bigger version of Taz, more or less, for people who, for whatever reason, haven't seen Samoa Joe wrestle before. Um, AJ, you know, another guy who's possibly a little bit similar to Sami Zayn, a little bit similar to Finn Balor. He's a little taller than both of those guys. But they have a lot of guys who look like him, and he's garbage on the mic. So he doesn't bring a whole lot other than just the fact, oh, my God, AJ Styles is in WWE. Right. Now, there are plenty of guys who I could see them going after. Adam Cole in Ring of Honor, the Young Bucks. Yeah, I just mean specific to TNA. I mean specific to is there anyone well, else that mattered in TNA? That, that they, mattered in TNA. Right, that's what okay. I'm saying. Mattered in TNA, that if they showed up, it would be a big deal. Because, again, even Samoa Joe, it's a measured big deal. They couldn't right. have brought Samoa Joe out Oh, yeah, out okay, on, you're, you're talking, okay, in, in that like, month. Is there anyone else that if like, if all of a sudden that Monday after SummerSlam, you know, you, you this could person say walked out, people you, would be like, "Oh my God!" You could say Christopher Daniels, but again, never going to happen yeah. because of his age. Yeah. Uh, you could, oh boy, as far as like TNA and indie, the guy who's never been in WWE before. I just mean before. specifically TNA. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying who's never been in. Because right. so we're not talking Kurt Angle here. Oh, no, 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 talking, no. Yeah, obviously. Um. No. Yeah, that's what I thought. No. I mean, so, even Ethan Carter III, as much as people love him. Oh, I, know, he, would, I oh he would have to go to NXT. I mean, they, they couldn't bring in Ethan Carter III and have well, him but, matter. And, right, and it, would be, it wouldn't be a situation where people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe Ethan Carter III is here, as right. they were with Samoa Joe. Right. Um, no, because, I mean, say what you, you know, TNA has done they a were, lot as far as they've, they've been around a lot. They have not done anything that matters, period. No, that's a good point. Like, if, good if, point. W, if they go under, 
WWE was offered their tape library, I don't know that they would take it unless it was just really, really yeah, cheap, cheap because because yeah. they other than you know those AJ Samoa Joe Christopher Daniels matches, they haven't really done anything memorable in thirteen years. That's really sad, man. It, I mean, that's it's, really it's, sad. It's a sad state of things, but I mean, that's a, Joe is the guy who mattered. Joe is here now. Hopefully, they do right by Joe. It, by all indications, early on, you know, it looks good. Huh? They got the T-shirt for him. They let him keep his name. So hopefully, hopefully it's good. And hopefully, and here's the one thing, and a lot of people haven't been willing to say it. He has not looked motivated in the past probably two or three years, and his matches have dragged. And if he's motivated now. I mean, there's just a whole roster that he could put on great matches with, from the guys he has before to John Cena to right. Randy Orton. Right. Like, all of those could be really, really good matches. He's a powerhouse. I mean, he's he's an intriguing... He's a powerhouse with with agility right. and with great submission skills. He's, he's a great package. Uh, believe it or not, there are other things going on in the world of pro wrestling besides Samoa Joe. Uh, not in Aaron's world, maybe, but in the rest of the world, there are other things going on besides Samoa well, hold Joe. On. I mean, there's there's still Becky Lynch and uh, <laughs> Sasha Banks from Takeover. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk a little bit more about uh, the fallout from Payback and start looking ahead to the next pay per view, which is like a week from now. Uh, we will do that in our next segment. It is jobbing out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it. And I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen. Powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkinbaseball.com slash camps. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro wrestling themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month and every crate contains a t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those t-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter at WrestleCrates and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. When people rob banks, they call it a crime. But when banks rob people, they call it a service charge. Like ATM fees. Try to take out 20 bucks and the thing says, there will be a $3 service charge. Still want your money? Yes, I want my money! If ATM service charges drive you crazy, you'll be glad to know that Royal Farms ATMs never charge a fee. Not one red cent. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. A banker credit card fee may apply. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. All right, I don't know about you guys, but when my car goes up, there's nothing in the world worse than having to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law, who I love, and say... 
Can I ask you a favor? Could you come get me and take me to work? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. That's why I turned to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 710 Pulaski Highway, 410-676-5552. Free towing with all repairs. Free loaner cars with major repairs. First Choice Automotive, fcautomotive.com. Make them your first choice when it comes to your vehicle. Segment number two, it is jobbing out Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, our 11th episode. And uh, again, as you heard there during the uh, commercial break, we are big fans of WrestleCrate. We love them. Glad they're on board. Wrestling fans, it is time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month. And every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts by themselves, $19.99. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com. Follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Yeah, on Twitter, they've been put, starting to put the packages together, tw- You know, sending pictures of some of the stuff. There's some great things uh, going out. By the way, all of our uh, listeners here at Jobbing Out, we got a special discount for you. If, if you order a package, you use the code JO sent us 10% off. So, you know, as good of a deal as it already was, can make it even better here at Job. And that's out. not former Major League Baseball player Jose Offerman. Or Jonathan Ogden. Right. Or, no, yeah, that other thing. Um, it is jobbing out. Yes. JO sent us. You get 10% off. That's a great deal. It's not deal. JoJo either. No, although, uh, what is, what's going on with JoJo? I don't know. Who knows? Is she still with the company? I is she? I think. Remember when they, like, okay, so I I don't watch much in the way of um, Total Divas, but I saw a clip because uh, there was a website that did write-ups of Total Divas every week, and they were very funny. And there was a clip where, like, in, I don't know, how many, what season are they in of Total Divas now? Four, five? How do I know? All right, look, let's not do the thing where we pretend like you don't watch Total Divas, Aaron. All right? Let's not do that. I know you're trying to come off like a tough guy. But no, you're the total divas guy. I do love total divas. Yeah, I, mean, I do come love on. it. I love we, we've established we're establishing I, I love, our roles no, I lo- here. I love total divas. It's a great show. Um, whatever season they're in now, they like went like randomly. They just brought JoJo in. She was backstage, and like Nikki Bella waved to her, like, "Oh, it's good to see her." And it was so awkward, right? Like, whatever happened to you? What are you doing with your life? I think nowadays? she's still. I th- she shows up. I think she's only like twenty years old still, as it is. Yeah, I, I think she's. I feel like she's on SmackDown every now and then doing ring announcing. She shows up at NXT okay. every now and right. then doing ring announcing. Well, good but, for her. Yeah. I, I wish her the best. All right, so um, here's the deal. Lots of stuff happened uh, between Payback and Raw this week, and their second segment is called Last Monday Night. But after a pay per view, it's more like Last Sunday and Monday Night. So we just try to combine. What's a- happened this week? Yeah, it really <laughs> is more like that. We just try to combine those things together. Um, Baltimore let- got a fun pay per view. Yeah, right. let's talk was, about that. It was it was no, a nothing, good event. You know, nothing that we're going to remember six months from now. But there were no yeah. bad. You know, much. I got like, a bad feeling that's just going to be pay per view moving forward. That, like, I mean, and that might be what it. You know, just kind of the we're ever going to remember. But at the same time, no bad matches. A lot of solid matches. You know, it was it was a very entertaining three hours. Yeah, it was a it was a fine event. It was it was absolutely fine. Let me start um, for ten dollars. Um, Sure, good, good with it. Well, it's it, technically five dollars. We can get another one this True. month, right? Three dollars if you include takeover. And yeah, all right. So um, let's let's save the main event. Let's start with instead with uh, Cena and Rusev. 
And what we knew was going to be the blow-off, you predicted exactly the way that it was going to go. Um, I, I still somehow thought they, even doing it that way, they did it poorly. I thought they made it wasn't great, especially because I, I think the problem is in that process you you made Rusev look really weak. Well, here's the other thing, you know, you had her come in and say I quit, and then you know people on the internet translated what he said, what he was yelling in Bulgarian or Russian or whatever he was screaming, and he was screaming I quit, I quit, I quit. Right. So why are you doing that exactly? Yeah. Um The match, a lot of people liked it, and I get why. You know, it was it was some a lot of fun spots for me. Personally, and I I understand. It was a bit much of the officials asking. Well, whether, that that was the thing. A, that was a the officials should have not. You know, the if I and I quit matches. The refs used to be there. He walked around with the mic, and the wrestler would have to like grab it out of his hands and like stick it through right. his face. And you would always get the, you know, the wrestler grabbing it, hitting him with the mic. You quitting now? Hitting him with yeah, the right. you know stuff like that. Which, which caused a lot of drag, because especially when they did so many spots where they set it up, they're like, do you want to quit now? Oh, no, I don't want to quit. Okay. Yeah. Now do you want to quit? Yeah. That was, it, it made it very choppy. And just the whole dynamic where it was just, okay, we're, once they started getting the crowd, it was like, okay, we're going to hit send to the railing. We are going to throw you into the railing. Now we are going to pick, you know, pick you up. And we're, we, both of us, we're just going to walk over, you know, 20 seconds to the next spot. Oh, look, here's a table. Okay, we're going to throw you through it. Again, asking, pick you up, walking over to the next spot. And and, and it was just that almost ad nauseum for the rest of the match. You need some sort of flow in the match. You needed them to be brawling from one spot to another. You needed, you know, maybe have a wire around the neck and, and kind of dragging him, asking all, all the way as you're doing it. You need some connection from spot to spot, and they just didn't have it. I enjoy the spots. I enjoy the pyro spot. Right. I enjoy... It's just that you need to connect the spots. Otherwise, it's not a match. It's just a series of, oh, oh look. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. I hear you. I, look, I just think that you end up making Rusev look really weak. He's now lost three or four matches to John Cena. He was supposed to be a monster. He was a monster of monsters until four months ago. Um, can you reboot him? Can he, you know... This be his low moment, and he responds from it. I guess. I, I think he but can. But this it. is a lot. This is really. He looked really bad for the last it's, four months. It's concerning, and you know, it's getting to be a concern, especially with the way that they're dealing with Lana. That this is going to be a Mark Marrow, uh, you know, a Mark Marrow Sable situation right. where Sable got far more over than Mark Marrow did, and once they split up, Marrow was completely dead. Um, I'll, I'll say this, Rusev much better than Mero ever was. I agree. He, uh, cut another great pro. He can, I, that was one of my main concerns, you know, what's going to happen. I think his gimmick is way better with Lana as a psychic, but he can hold his own on the mic. Um, but no, he needs to start winning. I don't know if putting him into the Intercontinental Chamber, uh, we'll get to that in a few minutes right. here, but uh, I don't know if that's the best solution. I don't know what's going on with Lana as far as the whole Dolph Ziggler thing. That was so random. My guess, my my gut feeling, and it might just be hopeful for me, but my gut feeling is this is going to end up being a swerve, and Lana, it's a way to kind of get her back heel. You know, you you have her mess around with with Ziggler. Right, and then cost him. Then cost him at the chamber. Rusev wins the Intercontinental title. They're back together. That's how, an interesting. I mean, it's not a terrible my, way. Here's my to, problem with that: you elevate him to essentially the same title as what John Cena has, correct? 
And yet John Cena just beat him three out of four times. Yes. Well, I think that's problematic. I mean, but, that, but that's the problem with the Intercontinental and U.S. title. Like, if you're going to have two titles, that's going to be the problem as well, it is. I mean, I, unless you don't give the guy that just lost three times the other guy that holds the belt, the, the I, I just have an issue with that. Look, I have an issue with the fact they had him lose three out of four times right. to John Cena. I, I, that's I, a I, big I'm problem. trying to clean up the mess yeah, here that's with a what big they've problem. given us. It's and a that's, big problem that they yes, did that. Yes. To have that guy lose three times to yes, John Cena and, and to, is— to make it look as bad as it did. Correct. Because it, it wasn't a, a situation where, you know, he looked particularly strong. I that, I think that was the problem. You know, he looked fine, and yeah, he rolled off the pyro and all, all that nonsense, and he looked like a machine, but he didn't look strong either. As of now, Kevin Owens has existed in the WWE for exactly one day, and he looks way better yes. than Rusev Fact. does. Fact. Massively better. Well, he and, look, I mean, Kevin Owens looks well, better. Could, no, one, no one could have looked better in their debut than Kevin Owens looked on Monday night. You want to start talking it about was, it since we're talking about it? Yeah, I mean, because we're, we're, we're cleaning it up with John Cena. This was the best they could have ever made a wrestler look in one appearance ever. I'm, no one has ever. Chris Jericho was the last person to have even, a debut. Even when you when you think about it, and it wasn't it, physical. It was all it, yeah. It was all talking, and then right. he was jobbing out to Billy Gunn a month later. Right. Um, I mean, uh, it was. You, you it think was, that Kevin Owens couldn't be jobbing out to Billy Gunn a month later? I mean, up have up, you watched it's, this? It's probably jobbing out to John Cena in eleven days, which right. is. I mean, I loved it. You know, you know, obviously, well, you're a nerd, right? I, correct. I, I, I've, I've loved Kevin Owens. And when his music played, it was, you know, it wasn't like Sami Zayn where this was telegraphed the whole way. Right, we knew. correct. When Kevin Owens, you know, I, I had my girlfriend actually, she was she was asleep, and I just like jump up and go, holy shit. <laughs> and Wilger was just like, what is going on? Like, it, I don't get, audi- you know, just have to say something, yell something at the TV very often. When his music played, that was great. Perfect promo, you know, the, the everything, the interrupting scene is saying, I don't don't tell me, you know, veteran advice. I've been doing this longer than you have. Just everything about the segment was perfect. And it set up so much. The whole, oh, we're going to fight at one point, it left so many options open. You know, we're gonna fight at some point. I had visions in my head dancing around of, you know, this is going to be they're going to pass each other in the hallways every now and then for right, months and right. months and months. You know, maybe they could even drag it out to WrestleMania. Yes, well, but we need people to keep their free WWE Network subscriptions. And here is my problem with this. And a lot of people disagree with me. For me, there with the current roster in place, and I was I wrote I was thinking this before uh, Joe came around, but I even still believe this with Joe. There is no better future few that hasn't been done yet in the company than Owens and Cena. Kevin Owens is literally He's the, the anti-Cena. Anti- he right. is the anti-Cena. He fought his you know, he made his way up. He was never considered a WWE guy. He wasn't even liked by the indie scene for a while there because, you know, A, he was just rude as hell and he didn't give a damn about the fans. And, uh, you know, a he, lot of people didn't like this. He mouthed off to you the one night. Yeah, he called yeah. me a div. You know, he was the guy who doesn't care. You know, he's the antithesis. You know, wants every fan to interact with him in some way. Kevin Owens, you know, even if you're cheering him, will look at you and say, man, you're a dipshit. <laughs> yeah, you know? Um, oh, he's right, his, his bot, his Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. But, uh, no, you know, I, his body type wasn't you. great. He was, he was very willful. You know, he wasn't a comp- necessarily a company guy. He butted heads with the authority. And stuff. He was not supposed to make it WWE. Even as a fan of his in the indies, I never thought he would succeed in the WWE in any sort of form. And he's there, and he's everything that John Cena is not. And this was something where, as cool as the match is going to be, I cared more about the feud and the build than the match itself. 
And if you're just going to blow this off to, right. to get extra subscriptions, do it with Finn Balor. Finn Balor Cena would have been just as big of a match, and it will sell it. And that was a match where the build doesn't really matter all that much because you just wanted you wanted to see the match more than anything. There are some matches where that's the case. In this case, I wanted to see Owens Cena build to each other, and it was such an obvious. There, were, the way. With Owens being in NXT, there were ways to do it where it wouldn't have looked bad. You have, you know, maybe you have Cena looking on, you know, after after this. Right, if, at if the show, yeah, yeah. You have Cena looking on here. They kind of go their separate ways, but they they mention each other in promos. You have Owens, you know, show up. You have him, maybe you have him cost uh, Cena the title at the July pay-per-view or something like that. Cena costs uh, Owens oh, yeah. the NXT title at TakeOver. And, and you really build this up to where they hate each other and where this is a big-time money feud, a big-time money match. People are desperate to see it. To see people want to see Cena get his hands on Owens because he is so disrespectful. He is such a jerk. He is everything that Cena isn't. He is the anti-Cena, and they should have built it. And to throw it away in 10 days, and especially if Owens is going right back to NXT, is... Terrible. You're really upset about this. I, I was so I never, frustrated. I don't think I've ever seen you this upset about anything in life. Like, that being said, I'm, I'm going AJ with this. That being said, of course I'm excited to see you know oh, yeah, that, it's, it's Kevin Owens in a WWE match. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, it, you I'm know. excited to see it. Right. But it could have been so much bigger. It no, could have been look, so I, much bigger. I hear you. I hear you, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. And I, I don't, I don't like anything that they do for the sake of trying to get more buys at WWE Network. I just. I, I think it's it hurts your ability to build and to to think long term, and they're doing things with such short term thought process. Um, I I don't think that that can be a good thing for the company. Now you're right; it does get you Kevin Owens at the, on uh, WWE Network facing John Cena but, next weekend, and but the that doesn't is, sound so bad. No, that d- definitely doesn't sound bad. But it's bad if you're going to then just send him right back down to NXT, right, especially after right, a loss. Right. That's just that's horrendous, and I'm hoping they don't do it. I hope they realize it. But at the same time, they're setting up all of these feuds for him in NXT now. So it seems almost impossible for them to be calling him up full-time unless you have him working both shows, which I don't That's see That's a lot, happening. right? It's, it's, it's a lot to do. Granted, they do take well, and, all of their shows. And you're shows. trying to do so many house shows now with NXT. Well, exactly. You're doing right. the touring thing, so. Yeah, you need you need him there in order to make it matter. They had they had a good crowd in uh, Albany over the weekend. Oh, they, right? they had good crowds, like, both Philly and in Albany. They had, uh, I don't know if the second Philadelphia show sold out, but the first but one This was did. like a 6,000-person crowd. I mean, this was yeah, a they, real. Yeah, there was, there was five, I think 54, something like that. Yeah. Uh. Um, and yeah, I mean, and supposedly everyone was raving about the the matches. Everyone raved about the shows. Um, so, you know, NXT is a thing now, and you need him down there. And if you're, or if not, you know, you you need that divide. You can't have him come up and go back down. And if they do, it's a mistake. And I'm worried they're going to do that, and it just ruins it. Well, I'm with you. I. I, I don't like it. Let me let's go back to the other parts of the intercontinental picture because we started with Rusev and Ziggler. Um, <laughs> look, I'm okay with doing the elimination chamber match for the intercontinental title. I it really infu- there's a few things that really infuriate me about our truth. No, our truth, dude. I like our truth. I okay. said that I I think that you're it's almost criminal how they don't put him on TV right. enough. R-Truth has become a great character because he's silly, he's goofy, he's fun. Yeah, as a comedy figure, he's, he's the, very good. The, he, he's, he's taking the place of Santino. But I think he's better than Santino. I think Quite that possibly. he has more of a pedigree than Santino did because, you know, he did main event 
Um, SummerSlam once upon a time, like capital it, punishment, but yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, he, you know, he he's he's accomplished something, right? Right? Right. Um, so I like our truth. I want more our truth in my life. I know it seems silly, and it might somebody might view it as pandering to, hey, if we put an African American in one of our top matches, maybe that helps us in that. Uh, we'll talk, uh, I assume, with the JTG about those topics here in a minute. Um, but I I want more our truth, so I'm good with that. The two things I have a problem with: one is that it you're continuously belittling Dolph Ziggler, and this is the problem with how you've handled this. The Intercontinental Championship is below Dolph Ziggler right now. It should or it should be. It I was should going be to say <laughs> below Dolph Ziggler. At the same time, it's the only thing he can do because he is he, you know he is in that role where doesn't quite fit in the main event quite yet, especially with the current picture of the, I, I, of that, the title I get picture. It. I get it, but he shouldn't be – his matches should matter. He's Dolph Ziggler. What he does should be important. Yes. It shouldn't be in the mid card. It shouldn't just be another thing that you throw in. He should be – and so I, it just to, – to, for Dolph Ziggler to react the way he did about getting a, a shot in the Intercontinental Championship Elimination Chamber match, like – Hooray! Like the real, if you, if you really tell Dolph Ziggler that, the answer should be back more along the lines of like, oh, again, okay, <laughs> like yeah, I guess we're doing this one more time. Yep, sure. The other problem I have is uh, Ryback. That well, especially with who they're leaving out to put Ryback. Right. In. Like that is, um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll just come out and say it. Like I am very well, very Neville's concerned about Neville right, right now. Right. Because they. There's no, I mean, Neville in the chamber is such a logical thing. Not yep. just not just because of the feud, because you want that crazy guy who will do well, flips com- and stuff. But he's and, coming out of working with Barrett. Yeah, he's, he's coming out there. But even disregarding that, like that's the guy you want in the chamber. You want him flipping off the top of the cell, right? You know, or, or the pods, or whatever you want to call them, and onto stuff. You want him climbing up the chamber and doing crazy stuff. You need that in the match. And he's not there. And instead, he's doing the random feud with Bo Dallas. And it, it scares me. It re- you know that all of a sudden, oh crap, Vince doesn't like Neville. Right. That's it, what it screams. It, it didn't take very long for it, for the bloom to come off that rose. Yeah, I, it's concerning, and that's and I I don't like Ryback loses, but comes out and is still getting great pop. What is going on? People like Ryback. Why? What has he possibly done that people are into? I don't understand it at I mean, all. It's it's you know. Is it just the benefit of having a chant? Is that yes, all it is? That that's a big okay. part of it. I mean, anyone who has a chant is going to get over. That's right. what Dolph Ziggler right. is missing more than anything yeah, else. Give, is something. give the man a chant. And yeah, give, you know. All right. Um, a couple other things that we need to touch on coming out of this, and then we'll get to the the Divas Championship picture. Um, Paige, hey. Yeah, I, I like Paige being back because Paige matters. It's it's a little awkward though when you're you're you know. But you Bellas still, has the faces you and you still don't know who's the face and who's <laughs> right, the heel. That, that was the thing. She comes out and attacks Nikki Bella after they're the you know try to make the whole face thing happen right. with them. Or it was just a cheer for Paige. I have. Why wasn't no she attacking idea. Naomi? Naomi was the one who I, put her on the shelf. And by the way, all and then you have Steph involved again, which right. I, I love Steph, but I don't know if I want to see Steph and Brie Bella. Well, you, and you're still <laughs> in the situation where Naomi has done nothing but dominate the Divas Champion, and yet I guess she's going to be completely out of the picture now. I, I mean, I assume it's going to be a triple threat, but I, um, I mean, I guess yeah. I don't know, man. It's. Um, Real weird. I, I guess Tamina looked good in that tag. I wasn't, you know, we hadn't seen Tamina wrestle a, ma- a big match in a while. Right, Tamina good looked point. good in that that tag match, and the tag match overall pretty good. I, I liked the story, you know, and they're showing 
the, if the rumors are true, it, it's become a pet project for Stephanie and Triple H that they want to, quote-unquote, give Divas a chance here. That's fine. Then t- do some yeah. damn storytelling. Exactly. Um, there's something we need to talk about. Though. We haven't talked about the main event yet. Well, I don't know. We haven't talked about the tag titles yet. Oh, yeah, tag titles we as well. We have to talk about the fact that the New Day is quite possibly, in the history of WWE, has anyone done a turn so drastically in the span of two months? Rock. Okay, maybe. Um, Rock would be the one. Uh, but this, uh, the New Day was dead on arrival. Was nothing. So was... Yeah, okay. So was The Rock. All right, I mean, all right, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Let's not compare it then. But still, no, I mean, again, you're this right. This is unbelievable. This is, this, the way that... And it's just a slight tweet. You know what? Actually, you know who it did? Bo Dallas out on NXT. It was the same type of thing. He was kind of the generic baby face. All of a sudden, they start tweaking it so he's kind of the obnoxious baby face. And, it was, you know, he said a lot of the same things and, uh, you know, kind of acted like John Cena. And they tweaked it to basically turn him into the early Kurt Angle day, right, <laughs> early Kurt right. Angle days. And it got over so well. And it's the same thing here. You just kind of... You play to it more. They're doing the almost the exact same thing they were doing, just in a slightly more obnoxious way, and they're acting like they're still faces. That's the key to the whole gimmick. They're acting like they're still faces, and that's fantastic. I mean, it's remarkable. It's it, They're doing a remarkable job with it. Um, you're getting more New Day. The milk out of the champagne flutes was wonderful. B- Biggie sp- spitting it out. Oh, the whole, just everything about it is... Oh, t- talking to Adam Jones and... Yes! Yes! So great! So free. They, they're not... People aren't going to be able to do... They're going to keep doing New Day Sucks because, again, it's a chant. Give me a chant. It, it's, it's, it's the you suck. It's the Kurt but, Angle you suck. But it's it's not going to take long that people aren't going to be able to boo these guys. They're, this they're, is, they're about to be the biggest faces... It's unbelievable. (laughs) It's unbelievable how quickly these guys have turned by just letting them perform, by letting them have the opportunity to do something other than the the absurdity of, we're the new new day. I mean, like, actually doing something with it, giving it some depth, remarkable. And uh, I I enjoyed this, all the teams running in and stuff, and I loved that the primetime players were the guys who stood tall at the end. You know what? There's a couple things we need to talk about because it's completely being glossed over right now. This on Monday night to me was the most important moment that the the industry has ever had with a gay performer. Um, uh, that that this well that openly Pat Patterson you know apparently right. was not openly gay. We all thought he was, but right. we didn't know that. This moment of Titus Young, Darren, or Titus O'Neil, Darren Young embracing each other after clearing house. On Monday night, they arrive back after month, weeks of doing promos. That this, I, I don't. The WD is. I'm surprised they're not making a bigger deal out of it because it seems like the type of thing that they would do to, to pat themselves mm-hmm. on the back, right? They deserve to be patted on the back for the fact that they have not oversold this guy's gay. And the, and that's the thing. You and know. they've just allowed it to be. A continuation of character. Yeah, l- little winks here and there. He says, oh, I love Rainbow. You right, know, stuff right. like that. Little winks yeah. here and there. But that's the thing. Like, you just said that it was the biggest moment. I never even considered it in those point. terms. That's the point. Like, right. I, 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 I and I think that's what makes it so important. Right. I think it makes it so important that it's not about that. Right. That it's just about having a, a performer who is openly gay that nothing has changed for. Right. That that's, that is truly the sign of progress, right? right. That, that everything's the exact same right. now. Exactly. That, 
that you come back in, we have high expectations for you, the character still works, the partnership still works, there's still, you know, in Richmond of all places. Right. In Richmond, guys putting arms around each other, still doing the millions of dollars. Right. That's a massive moment yeah. that instead of making it, instead of ruining it, they just allowed it to be what it is. Yep. And, and nobody's really talking about that. And I think it deserves to be discussed. I, I thought what you were actually going to say there, and, and you're absolutely right about that, that, you know, especially if he ever wins the title, no, which may yeah, or not, but right. um, big moment. I thought you were about to say that was one of the biggest moments for the TAD division in a long time. Eh, when you had, I don't, you had six different teams right now, and when, with the exception of the Matadors, right. like all of them, you were like, oh, look, these guys are coming out. And you can replace no, the Matadors they, with Harper and Rowan, and you're like, oh, hey. No, and I think that's the problem. I think that there's two big problems. The Matadors are a problem, and the Ascension are a problem right now. It's the essential, but they they still have nah. some. No, you're right. They they've been killed for the most it's been, part. It's but again, when they're at the bottom of a six team, but but they're not. You know what I mean? The Matadors are. Fifth, that's the whatever. problem. The problem is you have two extremely weak links. This is the real issue that you have right now. Is that these? This is everything, right? Yeah. And I think that you would have been better off if you would have created a tag team of of whoever that mattered. To go into this match well, instead, Harper and Rowan. Would Harper been, and Rowan would be the obvious you know, choice. I, right? I'm, I'm actually surprised they didn't do the the new Mega Powers thing and put. Well, them I'm in glad the they didn't do the that. Game. But I, if two weeks ago they would have created a real tag team with um, uh, uh, Sandow and Curtis Axel, I would have had no problem with those being guys that go into this match. That that right. I want those guys to look strong. The problem is now it looks a little too gimmicky. You have the fake Road Warriors. You have the Matadors. You have it, – it just looks a little gimmicky right now, the tag division. Tag division has always been a little like, – There's the big, some extent to it, right? Like somebody would say Edge and Christian and the Hardys and the Dudleys were all pretty gimmicky, right? Yeah, like, like I feel like tag teams, it's a lot more acceptable to be gimmicky. You want okay, – but then the gimmicks to be, have to be better. Well, sure. The gimmicks for those sure. two in particular are really right. bad. sure. The, and, and, and Harper and, and Rowan, especially and, when you're having them dominate. Right, and the truth is that the Luchadors, while we like them, they have not been around much. They don't really matter yet. So right. it's almost that half of your match is very weak. I, well, I, I disagree with it, the Lucha no, Dragons. You like but the, I understand that you like the Lucha Dragons. You get that. I, I but get that. They, they got a series of wins. There's, you know, when they came out, big pop from the crowd. They have not made regular appearances on Raw. That the only show that matters is Raw. And if you've not made regular appearances on Raw, they they were regular for the month there, and then yeah, right, the past three weeks or something. They, 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 it's it, it right. looks almost half of your match. Well, I mean, you know what this is coming. I mean, it's clearly coming down to well, I guess the primetime players are now in pictures. I think that there are th- there are three, and the primetime players have been away, but at least we can accept them as being strong, right? The primetime players are strong. Kid and Cesaro are strong, and the New Day I, I, is I think very can, strong. I think you can accept. I know that what you're saying there, as far as they haven't been around, but let's be out the primetime players haven't really. They've they've been yeah, spotty they, as they well. They have a history of of performing of they, losing. Fine. They Lucha still, Dragons, in, in the short time since they've debuted, have a history of winning. I know, but the primetime players has a history of being on Raw. That, that you can't dismiss. You cannot dismiss how much that No, matters. I mean, I, they're, they're clearly, the Dragon, Lucha Dragons are number four right now. But I, I think they are number four, not in that pile with mm, the other two. I think that they're the leaders of the second pile. I, I, think I, I think they're the back of the first pile. But I, I think that part of it is that you like those guys. I get it. Uh, it, it it's part part of the reason, but at the same time, I also think that you know they were they won what three four weeks. In I a think row? that if you ask the average wrestling fan to tell you who the second Lucha Dragon was, they couldn't. Oh, that's fair. I, but I mean, but I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. 
maybe. Maybe it's not, but I think... I, I think that just means that they're a tag team, you know? Uh, okay, but if a tag team matters, you know who the two guys are. Fair. I mean, I, look, I like the idea of a... I want to see what it looks like. I wish that it was a stronger group of six tag teams. And whether that's... The fact, spent, the fact that they have a group of six tag teams I, at all. I wish them. it was an event where the Lucha Dragons could be the sixth. You know what I mean? That they were the sixth of the six. That then, then I can really sell this, right? Like, because right. they are reasonable, up and coming, you know. But it, that they're the the fourth is problematic to me. That it's it's either that you've done such a poor job with the Ascension. That, look, the Matadors are there because you don't have the Usos, right? Like, right. if you had the Usos, part of the problem solved. You don't have the Usos, so you have to throw somebody else in, and it just happens to be the Los Matadores. If you're hurt by that right now, that you're not going six deep with. We can sort of scoff at the notion of R-Truth being involved in the Intercontinental Championship match, but the truth is R-Truth has accomplished a whole hell of a lot right. during his career. Right. Um, you can't say the same thing about the tag. You can't sell me that this is no, a, but, but a match of six considering, really good Considering where the tag division was better. four months ago, it's a huge it's, step it's in It's better, right yes. But and, and let's be honest. In the past, th- this isn't even a recent thing. How often is it that they have six legitimate tag teams? Even oh, in the heyday It's rare, sure. I, I hear you. It's, it's rare, but... Um, I think you could. I think you could if you, instead of including the lowest of the low, had gone the route of Harper and Rowan. If you had, in the last couple right. of weeks... No, I, I agree. I agree. Harper and San, Rowan should Sandow be Sandow and Axel as a legitimate tag team, not as, you know, the superpowers. Good Lord. I, I did like to... I saw somewhere online someone call them the meta powers. Okay. I, I, I enjoyed okay. that yeah, nickname. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, all right. And now all this brings us back to the main event. And a convoluted picture. Well, let's go back to payback. Fun match. Another yeah, very fun good. match. I, mean, I enjoyed the, the shield review. Right, the shield right. That, that was certainly a good moment within the match. Um, Rollins using the pedigree I thought was inspired. It was interesting. I, I, I thought it was very cool. Well, and I think it comes at an interesting time for him because he lost the curb stomp right. at, a really, at the worst possible point in his career Correct. to lose it. Correct. And I think now it becomes more interesting of... Could the pedigree be something that Rollins continues with? I think it can be. For some time. I, I think, you know, at least Give until it a different name. You know what I mean? Like, that at some point... The tri- blueprint, maybe. Yeah, Triple H, like Triple H has a moment where he says, look, Kibbles this and is, bits <laughs> instead of pedigree. I don't like that at all. No. <laughs> um, I, there was a lot to like within the match. Now, coming out of it, I still don't feel clearer about where we're going. I, and they, they made it, that whole last segment was very odd because it was like, okay, we're going to give you the match if you don't hit him. And then he tried to hit him, but he didn't hit him. So right. is that an elimination And then chamber? there's still is this that... cane thing that's there, but what are we doing with it? And why are we doing something with it? And uh, how does Roman fit into the picture? And is it as simple as saying, well, you can have Roman work a pic- uh, program with Randy Orton. Okay, that's fine, but in two weeks? Well, I, I mean, I guess the question is, what are we doing with Elimination? Like, that's the big question. What are we doing with Elimination Chamber? We still don't know if it's a two- or a three-hour show. Like, we don't know exactly right, what right. it is. Um, you know, Money in the Bank is there, and that kind of allows you to do whatever you want with the picture without it being too awkward because these guys likely are going into that brief Okay, but match. you – well, all three of them? Orton – Reigns and Ambrose are maybe, all going maybe, in? Maybe one of them ends up facing Rollins. I, I would think that Orton. The other I think you pull Orton out. Okay. But, but well, then again, but then we've then seen Orton seen Rollins. It. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, you're right. It's it's a odd. It's, I don't think it's a bad picture. It's just right now very unclear exactly right. where they're going with and, it. And I think the troubling part about, again, this is because you do a pay-per-view two weeks afterwards. 
can you have Dean Ambrose in two back-to-back title matches not win and then still be considered a legitimate threat to the title after that? I mean, if you haven't won the briefcase again, but... <laughs> I, I guess, but he's still I mean, the guy that lost twice to Seth Rollins. The, the, the nice thing, Ambrose didn't take the pin. They I, had I hear take you. the pin. I hear you on that. Which I, do, I, which I do think matters. I think No, I agree. I think it's good, but I think that you end up... You caused what ended up being the reason why Dean Ambrose was in that match to do the triple powerbomb spot, pretty much. That's it. Uh, to look cool. To yeah. Okay. I mean, so was it worth to, it? Uh, it depends on what they do with him here. It, it depends. It, it put him. It, it put him squarely in the. He was kind of in that upper mid card area. This put him squarely in the main event picture. I hear you. So it elevated him. I mean, the question is, what do you do for, with him from here? You, I don't know what if it was good for him. I, I think that story is yet to be written. Um, but right now, Dean Ambrose is firmly in them is is in a much better position than he was three weeks ago. Yeah, but I feel like you, you run the risk because you're doing these two I agree. In, in three weeks. Of, Which is why I don't know if I I don't know if I would have Rollins Ambrose be at elimination I, chamber. I, I don't know that I like that I, either. I thought I I would have put. I thought they were going to. That was the the whole thing with. Kane why wouldn't was it have been Rollins odd. Kane? Right. This would be a perfect time. You don't but, have. But they basically went away from that. They they didn't tease well, that at all. During, that was the weird thing. They had built this up. This matchup to be almost as much about Kane as it was right. and about I think Rollins. That it would have been great after Kane comes in to help out and Rollins wins. If Kane then informs him, says, "You're right. I wanted to sign back up because I want to PC you in two weeks." Right. You know, like that. Then all of a sudden, it's interesting. It doesn't give you too much Kane, right? Because not too much Kane is a maybe, bad maybe, idea. Maybe you throw him into, into a triple threat match elimination chamber. But why? Just again to to keep the to keep Ambrose from. Uh, yeah, to to keep him in the main event, but not taking too many pins, because as you said, you lose too many times. Then why are we? Yeah, doing? right. That's my concern. Yeah. All right. Very good. That's what happened this week. As we look back, it's a segment we call Last Monday Night. When we come back in, JTG, yes, from Crime Time, former WWE uh, tag team performer. They were never the champions. They were never champions. No, nah, they, they never no, won they the never championship. Got the belt, right? That that's one thing that JTG in his book, damn, why did I write this book? Wrote about that was he doesn't have very many regrets. His one regret though, yeah, never got the, never got a belt. All right, we will talk to him about that book and uh, just some thoughts about other things going on in the world of pro wrestling. It's jobbing out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and... Get your cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. Yep, that's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge to use their ATMs. We don't. Our ATMs are surcharge free, so you can always get... Cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. Anytime, at all Royal Farms ATMs. A bank or credit card fee may apply. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen, powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkenbaseball.com camps. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa. 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive. 410-676-5552 on the web. FCAutomotive.com. 
Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fatheads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Yo, 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 pop a 40 and check your rollies. It's crime time. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Segment number three of Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And we got a very special guest joining us this segment. Been a fan for a long time. Cult hero to many pro wrestling fans, former WWE superstar and the uh, author of a new ebook that you can check out right now, Damn why did I write this book, which is just the greatest title ever? He is JTG, and he joins us here on Jobbing Out. JTG, it's Glenn and Aaron. Thanks for taking the time, man. How you doing, man? Everything's doing great. Quite an introduction. Thank you. I usually do my own introduction, but I'm going to let that one go because I like that. I, I, I'm a hero, and, a, and I'm, a, I'm an author now. Yeah, I am. And, and uh, according to the internet, a hide-and-seek champion, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. I'm just gonna let that one uh, let that one ride because it sounds cool. All right, so I'm gonna ask the easiest question that's ever been asked in the history of interviews. Why did you write this book? <laughs> why did I write this book? Because the people needed to hear it. That's why. The people needed to hear the stories. I've been requested by friends and family to uh, to write the book. I didn't want to write the book. I shrugged it off. I kind of I, I said to family members and friends, I'm not an author. I don't know anything about publishing a book. I did some research, and ebooks are doing pretty good. So I decided to, I just left it. <laughs> you, I mean, was it the type of thing where you had been thinking about it for a while? You had some stories you wanted to tell. You had some things that probably guys like us had asked you in interviews, and and you had wanted to pass them along in that form. Or, you know, was it really only at the prodding of other people that you decided to go down this road? It was. You know, people keep telling me that I needed to get this on paper because it was a unique way that I would tell the story. You know, I wouldn't just tell a story and then get the cheap pop and then that's it. It was a unique way that I did it and I enjoyed telling stories. So I went ahead and just decided to put it on paper. I, I got to say, I, I read the I read the book. It's great. And it's one of the few times where, you know, you had all of those different stories where it seemed like, you know, whether it was The Office or some of the other boys were screwing you over, but it never came off as whiny. How did you kind of balance that out where you needed to tell these stories that were negative, but you didn't come off, you didn't come off looking bad at all, which is something really rare these days? Yeah, I wasn't even trying to, trying not to be whiny. It was, I just came off very sincere and, you know, I'm in a good place where I'm at, where I, where I am now. So I guess I came off. Um, in the book, JTG, I, I you know it's it's interesting because a lot of guys that are in your position that get an opportunity and 
you know, maybe maybe not given full advantage of that opportunity, would be jaded, would be angry, would have an axe to grind. But it sounds like you're not that guy. You don't have the desire to go after anyone necessarily. Oh no, 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 no! I'm very, I'm, very, I'm not insecure. I'm confident. Um, I knew what I had. I knew what I had to offer to the company. I just didn't have the opportunity, you know. So, I'm, I'm, and then I'm, I have no regrets. And where I am today, if, if anything would have changed, you've heard the butterfly effect. If anything would have changed, I would not be where I am today. And I have a lot of things that's going on right now that's very promising. I'm, I'm, and I'm in a happy place. You, know, you, you talk about getting the – it's funny because we say you got the opportunity, but as you point out, yeah, you didn't really get the push once you got that opportunity. It didn't really <laughs> – it, it wasn't really followed through upon. It, you say no regrets. Do you ever like second guess? Do you ever relive it in your your head? Like, hey, if we had just gotten this opportunity, where might I be now? Yeah, that, that definitely crossed my mind. You know, if I could jump in a DeLorean and go back in time, what would I, what would I, what would I change that would alter the career of JTG? And I thought about it, and and if I did change anything, I wouldn't have this um, incredible incredible book that we have here today. Called <laughs> Why I write this book. <laughs> now you came on you were really young when you uh joined a baby you were 21 22 somewhere around there right yeah i was 21 when i when i was on the road yeah uh did you feel, get any feel like you got any of the heat that you write about so much because you were so young and so much younger than a lot of the guys in the locker room oh yeah def- definitely i was young i made a lot of mistakes i was definitely naive and um it was also i could say there was some, there was some jealousy there because you know guys work work so hard for many years to get on the WWE roster, and here I am. It took me about three years, and I was 21. But I, I definitely believe there was some jealousy, and also we got me, Shad, and I got over pretty, pretty quick doing the crime time, uh, crime time gimmick. Who was when they present? This is fascinating to me. When they present you the idea of crime time, what's your initial gut reaction in that moment? Is it? I'll just do anything. I don't care. Is it? Well, I don't know about this. This might be a little bit of pandering. Is it? Like, what's your what's your initial reaction the first time Crime Time was ever presented to you? To be honest, we presented Crime Time to to the WWE. Interesting. They they saw us down in OVW, down in Louisville, Kentucky. They saw the characters, and they decided to bring us on the road. Wow. You know, they came up. Of course, they came up with the name. We had different names that we wanted to, uh, to pitch, but because of legal reasons and trademarks. We had to uh, change the name to Crime Time. What was it? What, almost, what were you guys uh, doing before then? What was it before Crime Time? We were the neighborhoodies. That that for the neighborhoodies, which I hated. But uh, uh, Paul Heyman gave me that name, neighborhoodies. So I, I said I loved it. Heyman can make you love anything. I bet. WWE was in the office trying to come up with names, and there was so many, so many, so many stuff that stuck. Um, we um, threw at the wall. To see what stuck, you know, we almost got called Hoodie Nation, which I'm glad that didn't Whew, work. Boy, boy, <laughs> yeah, they wanted to give us our own flag, and we we're going to come down the come down the ramp with our Hoodie Nation flag. I'm like, oh, that sounds horrible. But when you're when you're when you're first um, being called up, you can't, you know, you really can't voice your opinion like that because again, that full letter word heat. <laughs> All right, so I, I ask about the name because so this weekend, uh, Aaron and I went to see Jim Ross's one man show in Baltimore, and. How was that? It was great. I mean, just tell, Jim Ross telling stories is never going to suck, right? Like, there's okay. never going to be a day where you're not going to enjoy a night just sitting and listening to Jr. tell stories. But he got to a point where he was talking. Somebody uh, he does a Q and A part, and somebody asked him, said, "Hey, my favorite wrestler's uh, Ron Simmons," 
and I was wondering if you could tell me some Ron Simmons stories and go back to that original awful gimmick that he had. And it, it got into a conversation about, um, you know, pandering and about being handed racially driven characters. And, and he just threw out there, like, you know, who, what, you know what, what are the characters that you think were offensive? And, like, two seconds later, someone shouts out, crime time. Like, it didn't, uh-huh. I mean, it was the first thing that anybody shouted out from the crowd. And, and I wonder what your feedback has been years later to your experience there. Do you, do you feel as though the characters, it, because you came up with them, I'm guessing your answer is, hey, look, man, I'm a black guy. I came up with the character. It was good. But do, do you think that it's fair when people point out that they thought it was racially driven and unfair and perhaps a racist character? I wouldn't say that it's a racist character, and I would not say that it's uh, unfair um, because in the in the WWE, with the wrestling business in general, I don't want to just say WWE, but in the wrestling business in general, um, they capitalize off of stereotypes. They, 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 they maximize and they magnify it. That's what society does. So with, with Crime Time, Shad and I were just being, our, being ourselves. Shad and I, we, are, we, are, we love the hip-hop culture. We love the hip-hop uh, image. Um, at that time, you know, that was the look. You know, 50 Cent had the bulletproof, the bulletproof, uh, right. bulletproof vest. You know, I wore that. That was popular. Chains, gold teeth, you know, Nelly made uh, grilled teeth popular. I had the pant leg up. I got that from LL Cool J. So it was just a, a accumulation of all of our favorite hip-hop artists, um, the look. And then Chad and I were just being ourselves. Now, the, 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 um, the, stealing, the stealing aspect, that was to us, but for us to have fun with the, with the fans. You know, we were, we were, it was like Robin Hoods. We would steal from the fans and then we will you know, not steal from the fans. We would steal from the superstars and give it to the fans. So, so in that way, it, it wasn't meant to be – you weren't supposed to be stealing because you were black. You were stealing yeah. because you were trying to get over. It was a – Exactly. Right. Right. Okay. And I think that makes it a lot different. And I, did, did you get – did anybody ever present you with the notion at any point? Like, hey, I don't know how this, this might be – maybe it's being perceived the wrong way. Were you ever troubled by it as you were doing it? Was I ever troubled by it? At first, initially, I was initially troubled by it by that, that um, I was getting a lot of like, uh, – seeing a lot of articles in like newspapers that all oh, WWE is bringing out this new racist uh, tag team that's driving that's going to make the, the black uh, uh, culture look bad. I was like, oh, cut it out, really? Hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> my, my tag team is going to make the whole black <laughs> culture look bad, really? Okay. I'm just a dude, right? <laughs> Come on, man! Just trying to make some money right now. <laughs> Those initial vignettes before you debuted, were those your ideas? Were they the WWE's ideas, kind of a mix of both? And uh, what, what did you think of those? The vignettes? You, um, are you talking about? Yeah, the vignettes. Yeah, all those vignettes were Chad and, I, Chad and I's um, idea. Chad and I, we did those videos in OVW first. Uh, OVW is really what, um, what blew us up. Um, we, would, we, were, we, were te- we were the Southern Tag Team Champions, and our trainer at the time, who was also doing the show, he told us that we did not need to wrestle every week to get over. We could just, you know, do some vignettes. So Shad and I took initiative. You know, we shot some videos out in the park by ATM. You know, we, we uh, messed with a cop who was a friend of ours. Um, we stole from the smoothie shop, and then we did a shot out in front of the camera, you know, taking the mask off. It was just, like, just straight comedy. Just, we were just having fun. And Vince saw that, and he hired us off, just off that video. Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's cool. That's a really cool story. Um, JTG is joining us, the book. 
damn, why did I write this book is available now, and it's still the best title I've ever heard in the history of, <laughs> uh, of, of the written word. Um, JTG, let me separate what you guys did, because it's interesting to hear your perspective on it. Um, we had Cedric Alexander from Ring of Honor on a few weeks back, and at the time, the WWE was doing something very different with the New Day characters and what they're doing now, which everyone seems to be enjoying. Um, but he had pointed out that he just thinks that in general pro wrestling still has a race problem, particularly a, a, you know, a pandering problem. And if we separate it from you, do you think it exists or would you say, hey, look, this is the nature of the beast. The nature of the beast is as part of entertainment, there's going to be a level of stereotypes that are played up. And it's not specific necessarily to just black guys or just to you know, Asian guys or whoever it is, that it's just the nature of what we do for a living as performers. I definitely agree. Um, that is the nature of the beast. There always will be stereotypes, and there, sometimes they won't be. They don't do it with every single um, black character. You know, there's been characters where they didn't have any um, negative stereotypes, and they were just straight athletes. You know, you had Bobby Lashley's, you had the Elijah Burks, you had the Shelton Benjamins, and sometimes they do play to the... Um, to the stereotype. Like, I really don't know what stereotype New Day is doing. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't really watch WWE that much, but when I do see it and I see some of the memes on on uh, social media, I really don't understand the character or, or, the, or the gimmick that they're doing. They just seem like happy-go-lucky. At first, I thought it was like a church, church gimmick. By the way, the way you're reacting is the way everyone reacted the first time they saw the New Day gimmick. They're like... What exactly is this? But they've taken it a different direction. That's that's really, really good. Um, I, l- let me follow that up real quickly by saying this. It, it, does it bother you? Because this is the other thing that Cedric brought up. Does it bother you, though, that you still look at a, a top company and you say, look, you know, you don't have to watch WWE every week to know what's going on. And there's still an overall lack of top African-American performers that, you know, there's guys like uh, you know, uh, Darren Young and Titus O'Neil and The New Day um, in the tag division, but at the top of the card, that there's still throughout their history been few guys that have really gotten the opportunity to pursue championships, to headline major events that, you know, for the characters exist, mm-hmm. but they're not pushed maybe the same way that, that others are. Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely acknowledge that. Um, I just I said that in a current interview. Um, they have talent. They're like Big E. They have Kofi Kingston. You have Darren Young. All these guys can be top guys, but they're not they're not given the the opportunity, that push, that machine behind them. Um, and they, they keep bringing up, for some reason, they keep when it comes to champions, they keep bringing up The Rock. It's like, I understand that The Rock, he, he is black, he is African-American, but he is not um, identified as black. He's a, uh, in, in mainstream, uh, mainstream society. In Hollywood, he's considered exotic. He's considered Samoan. Um, he's considered uh, what's the other word? Ambiguous. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah. yeah, yeah, that works, yeah. right? Yeah. So oh, he was world tra- like world championship. Do you know? Do you know, understand the history between the world championship and the WWE championship? Like, there's a big difference. Oh sure. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. There's never been a WWE champion, and I definitely am bothered by that. And I wish that hopefully in the near future. They give um, a top guy is definitely a black top guy will be in that position to get the title. Do you think that because so many of these uh, you know African American wrestlers are being given these you know oversized kind of not 
stereotypical gimmicks that it hurts them in their quest to get the titles? Sometimes it's not even just a stereotypical gimmick, you know. Um, when Shelton Benjamin was there, he never got that um, that big, that big, big push. Um, same thing with Bobby Lashley; he was in that top. He even uh, main evented with John Cena. He never got a, he never got the title. You know, they gave him the ECW title, and you know that's that's, that's, that's the big difference being the face of the company. Yeah. Oh, massive right. difference. No doubt. It's funny you bring up Shelton Benjamin too, because when we were talking, we were uh, listening to Jr. on Saturday night. He was talking about working with a class that was uh, with Brock, uh, Batista, Cena Orton. Cena, Orton, and he said the best athlete. All those guys the, are champs. <laughs> well, and but he said the best athlete in the class was Shelton Benjamin, oh, yeah. and he was the one guy that never got that opportunity of the group. That the other four guys all and look, there's no doubting you know, those guys' greatness, right? Like they were all great performers, but mm-hmm. but he praised Shelton Benjamin as being the best of the group. And yet he's the guy that never got that opportunity. So it, you know, you, you can't help but sort of scratching your head a little bit after that. Like, huh, that's interesting. Sort of weird, right? It's... Yeah, and you can't you can't say this is a superstar. They, sometimes they like to uh, divert to the superstars. Oh, they're not getting over. If the WWE wants you to get over, they'll get you over. That's a great point. You, <laughs> you can't talk in the mic. They'll give you a manager. They'll give you someone like a Paul Heyman. It's all <laughs> it's all on the company. So you can't say it's actually the superstar. What's the what's the best uh, lesson that you learned from your run with the WD? Like, what's the, as you go into again? We talk about you're still really young. Like, you're still uh-huh. in a position where you've got a lot of things to do. Whether it's writing more books, more performing, more touring, whatever it is. What's the best lesson that you learned? And if you were addressing, um, let's just say you were addressing the kids that are trying out for Tough Enough this summer, what uh-huh. would you want to pass along to them? I would tell them to definitely live their dream. You know, if any bad stories, even if they read my book, um, still, you don't use my experience as to change your to change your uh, outlook on the business. It, it might you might look at it. You might have a different experience. So go out, live your dream, and also use. I don't want to use the word use, but use the WWE as a stepping stone. It is not the the the, the, the be all that ends all. It's not. There's life after WWE. And you need to be thinking about your career after the WWE. You have to start setting up your uh, your ducks, like after your second or third year. You're like, what are you going to do next? Is it going to be acting? Is it going to be stand up? <laughs> are you going to start your own business? You need to be looking looking into starting your own, saving your money, starting uh, starting a small business or something. But don't think that you're going to be wrestling forever. How did you manage to get into the position that you're in right now? How did you? So many guys, the, the, there's the story of go in, burnt out, no money, drugs, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. How did you manage to avoid that? I um, got into it very young. So I got into it at 21. I was there for eight years. I got that out of my system. So now that, and then while I was, in the, while I was still uh, with the WWE, you know, I always hear stories about guys, you know, save your money, save your money, start... Uh, Start um, planning a business. Start starting. Start planning on your career after this. So I started doing that. You know, I started looking into um, businesses, uh, acting. Definitely wanted to do do some. I live out here in Los Angeles, so there's a lot of opportunity out here. Uh, one thing you don't write a lot about in your book. You cover a lot in your book and some great stories, but you don't talk a lot about the last two years in WWE, where, you know. You started kind of being used as a jobber, and then almost you were off television, yet 
you were still around the company. So what were those two years like for you? Most of the two years were like was just being on call. You know, I was backstage, you know, I wasn't hiding. <laughs> <laughs> I was backstage and I'll get I'll get to the arena and I'll look for my name if it's not on the list and then it's like, damn, what do I like I'll pitch ideas. I pitch numerous ideas for exactly what I'm gonna put in the next book. All the ideas and, and, hmm. and I'm gonna have the pictures of all the ideas that I pitched that never came to um that came to light. How how disheartening was that? You know, you are a performer and you weren't getting to perform. Um, especially with me, I knew I had a lot to bring to the table. I had a lot of charisma, personality, and I know I was definitely fun in the ring. Um, it was definitely disheartening. And also, when you when you pitch an idea, and then you see it, uh, you see something that resembles it given to another superstar. That definitely hurts. Yeah, I, I can only imagine the frustration behind that, right? That I, it, it almost makes you not want to pitch anything else, right? Like you just yeah, sort of say, definitely. yeah. That was one of, yeah, after a while I stopped, I stopped pitching ideas because one or two times I saw something that resembled what I just, uh, like a week or two uh, earlier pitched, and it just didn't, it didn't, they said it didn't work for me, but they gave it to, like, they gave it something, gave it to some another superstar. I'm yeah. like, wow. Again, getting your intellectual property stolen from you is one of the worst things. <laughs> Wait, okay, it, is, there, is there anything that they're still doing that you say, dude, I know as a fact that was my idea? Yeah. I don't <laughs> want to say the superstars. Yeah, I don't want them to yeah, the superstars really cool. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, characters are, I might put it in the book, you know? All right, that's smart. <laughs> that's smart. Was there ever a point where you thought about asking for your release, walking away, and possibly performing for another company or anything else just because you just wanted to get back out there, get back on television? It, cro- it crossed my mind, in, uh, when I, like when I mentioned in the book, when I first, uh, um, first saw the first signs of being a jobber, I wanted to quit. But like I said in the book, that I had, you know, I had a family, I had a baby on the way, and I couldn't make that sacrifice at the time. But if I was single and I started going down that um, jobber ave, they like to call it, <laughs> going down that street, I would have definitely asked for my release and um, gone somewhere else and made a name for myself. We've, we've talked about Chad a lot here, and uh, you have a ton of stories about Chad in your book, and usually it's him getting you in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Was, was there ever a point where you're just like, man, I, I love Chad, but I almost wish he wasn't my partner because he keeps getting me in trouble? <laughs> um, yeah, there was definitely times where I, I wanted to go... Um, go solo because of the, the stuff that we were we were getting getting into we, we did a lot of stuff that we got, a, got we both got in trouble together put that in part put that in the next one um but yeah definitely uh <laughs> i definitely wanted to go solo when they split us up because we both wanted to go our separate ways so so what's going on now jtg besides writing uh books with amazing titles besides that what's going on in your world where are you on a day-to-day basis and um why are you in such a good place in life um, this is my mindset, you know. Um, I don't want to work for anybody. That's my mindset is being a businessman, um, taking care of my family, uh, doing a lot of act, doing doing some acting. Got a movie coming out in July. After that, hopefully my uh, my acting career takes off. I've been doing a lot of auditions. Um, the, the book, since the book, the first book did so well, I'm going to definitely start doing a second one, working on that with the wife. And also, I have a project that I can't get in too much detail about. But um, that's also looking promising. Sounds like that's pretty good, right? I mean, all that is... Uh, can you tell us anything about the movie? What do we need to know? Oh, the movie's called Bad Night. It should be uh, debuting in theaters in July. 
it's with, it reminds me of Superbad, with, but instead of the two guys from high school, it's two females from high school, and they go on this wild event, wild adventure <laughs> that takes a dark turn. I'm looking at it right now, Bad Night, um, starring Jen well, McAllister. By the, uh, by the Riedel brothers. Yep, Chris and Nick Riedel, absolutely. Um, Adam Pally, I love Adam Pally. Adam Pally, Jack McBrayer's in this. This has got a great cast. Adam Pally was in the most underappreciated show of all time. It was called Happy Endings. It was on ABC. Oh, that okay. show was so flipping funny, and they canceled it. It still pissed me off. It's got a great cast in this thing, man. This is awesome. Thank you, thank you. Especially being my first uh, first role, I had there was a great cast. Oh, and with. Casey Wilson's in it, who was also on Happy Endings. <laughs> this is a happy. You got into the Happy Endings movie, you jerk. This was the <laughs> this was the role I wanted. Now I don't like you anymore, JTG. I've changed my mind about you. Damn, this is cool. Bad night, and it comes out this summer. That's awesome, man. Um, Could we possibly be seeing? Are you done with wrestling, or is that something that's still kind of in the back of your mind? You'd like to either do indie shows or get back with some company eventually, or what's the deal there? Um, I do I do indie shows, but I'm not. You know, I'm not really pursuing it. You know, if a promoter contacts me and he's talking those right numbers, you know, I'll definitely fly out or or do the show. Um, it's in the back of my mind, but I'm not really focusing on that right now because my whole intention is uh not working for anybody. <laughs> Not working for anybody. Working for myself. I, I, the more I look at this cast of this movie, the more I hate this guy. I mean, I'm telling <laughs> Jim Jim O'Hare, who played uh, Larry Gergich on uh, Parks and Recreation, which was the best show on television for the last decade. Did you have any idea? Did you know anything about these guys when you showed up on set? Because if I had oh. showed up on set, I would have nerded out. And the fact that you just sort of ro- rolled in, you're like, I'm gonna do my stuff now and leave. That kind of makes me hate you a little bit, JTJ. I just gotta be honest. Yeah, there, there was one actress in there that I had no idea who it was. Um, I got—I think I got a little heat for it too. Also. <laughs> um, just getting heat everywhere, JTJ. <laughs> I got a little heat for it because when she walked in, I did the scene with her. We took a picture and everything. And then after the movie, everybody's, everybody's making a big deal about her, and I'm like, who is that? I'm like, uh, no, who is that? You ever uh, seen um, 16 Candles? You ever seen... Um, what was, that, what was, was it Molly Ringwald? Yes. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! You so did I, a scene with Molly freaking Ringwald and didn't know who it was? I didn't know who she was. She died right here. I'm used to the red hair. Okay. All right. All right. And she's a little bit older. Like, I understand that. But still, bro. That's <laughs> Molly flipping Ringwald, man. Did you watch the like the Breakfast Club, man? Come no, on! I got heat with you guys. Oh man, I'm getting heat yeah. everywhere. Yeah, we were cool. We were cool right up until now. Now it's all over, bro. Now, now it's you know. What? Now, now we really need to see this movie. Yeah, right. I'm so in, man. That's awesome. All right, uh, what do we need to plug? Where can people find the book? Where are you on uh, social media? What all can we plug for you, bro? All right, so you can find the book on Amazon. You can find it on Google Google Books. You can find it on um, Nook, Kobo. And pay hit. The links are on my bio on social media. My Twitter is JTG1284. My um, Instagram is JTG121084. And you can find me on Airsay, which is a new social media app that, um, that allows users to record 15 second messages and also implement sound effects. And they no, have cool. over 100 sound effects. I've been having fun with fans on Twitter posting the, um, the links, and I respond to their, to their Q&As. That's awesome, man. That that's awesome. All right. Um, My username is JTG hashtag one. If and if for whatever reason Molly Ringwald is listening, look, look. If you'd like to come on this show, we promise we'd know who you are. All right. 
Hey. Oh, you guys are gonna give me heat. I know, I know. We're <laughs> killing, <laughs> we're killing you, man. Uh, make sure you check out the book, Damn, Why Did I Write This Book by JTG. Dude, this was great. Really enjoyed uh, chatting with you. Glad to see that. It's, I, I think it's so cool. There's so many of the bad stories that your story is awesome. You know what I mean? The fact that your, your story is out there that people can know, like, hey, it, you can just go live your life. It's all right. Like, it's not the end of the world if, if the WWE doesn't work out. Like, that's phenomenal, man. Uh, good on you and continued success, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Man, great stuff with JTG. Really appreciate him hopping on for a couple of minutes. Um, you know, Aaron, when you told me, hey, I'm going to get JTG this week, I was a little bit like, really? Like, what are we going to talk to JTG about? But as it turns out, he was a, a really fun chat, man. The, really? the, the Molly Ringwald thing. Oh, my I don't God. Know. If, oh I, I don't know if I could God. forgive him for that one. This this show, by the way, or this movie, Bad Night, the, again, I'm a nerdy sitcom guy still to this day, right? Yeah. So you have to be a nerdy sitcom guy to understand why I'm geeking out about it. Happy I, I endings, think you freaked him out a little bit. I know, bit. right? Happy Endings was the one of the best shows on television. Two of the top stars from Happy Endings. Adam Pauly, who's gone on to the Mindy Project, now on Fox. Um, and Casey Wilson, whose new show was Marry Me on NBC. That one might have already gotten canceled. It, it was dead on arrival. But she's great. She used to be on Saturday Night Live. Jim O'Hare, who's the great Larry Gergich on Parks and Recreation. Brilliant character, brilliant television show. And uh, Jack McBrayer from uh, 30 Rock, where he played Ken Parcell, the page. I don't know, Ken. Um, man, I, I, I'm in on all of that. That's, uh, I would have geeked out being on set for one day. Molly Ringwald? Hello? JTG didn't know who it was. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the other stuff that's going on this week. We call it the Quick Count. We do it every week to sort of go over the other stories in the world of pro wrestling that just don't need quite as much time devoted to them. And uh, a few this week that are very specific, one being we talked all about Samoa Joe. We didn't really talk about the rest of what happened at uh, the NXT event this week. Yeah, I mean, we, we say that it's not quite as important warrant, warrant discussion. I, I could do two hours on I'm sure uh, TakeOver. You could, with your pants off. Possibly. Um, but, you know, another great TakeOver show. Uh, this one, though, the one thing that stands out about it to me was the uh, Sasha Banks-Becky Lynch match, was, which was, yeah. in my mind... Uh, you know, everyone's talking about the, the resurgence of women's wrestling in NXT. This was the best women's wrestling match on NXT, at least since it moved to the network. Better than uh, Paige Emma, better than Charlotte Natalia, better than Charlotte Sasha. I think this match was absolutely phenomenal. You had two women who worked a, I, I don't want to say an old school style match, but they, they both, they picked, you know, going, we'll talk about Jim, Jim Ross here in a second, but he talked about, you know, Picking an arm, you know, picking a body, part right, going, right. You know, they do that. Telling They're, a story. They told a great story. It was a mix of both of them have good submission uh, wrestling, which is very rare for a women's match, and they mix it up with some high impact spots. It, uh, I go back to the flow. It flowed so well, and they meshed so well. Becky Lynch is, I think, out of all everyone talks about Charlotte, everyone talks about Sasha. Becky Lynch. Uh, the only problem with her was she changed her look to look really weird, gave herself like orange hair. But be- be- besides that, I think she has an unbelievable future uh, in the WWE, and she's the one I think who could really change the Divas division when she does eventually get called up. There was a lot of other interesting stuff that happened during the show. Uh, Finn Balor won the uh, number one contender again for the second straight takeover, which is a little awkward. But I think the spot was supposed to go to Hideo Itami before he got injured, and they. Uh, they did something with that. They didn't just say, oh, he's injured. 
they showed him in the parking lot, you know, rolling around, being hurt, people running over, what happened, what happened. Kevin Owens actually walked by, kind of looked at him and said, oh, that's a shame. So potentially <laughs> they're, they're setting that up as well when he comes back in six to eight months or whatever it is. Um, the Owens-Zane match before Joe came out wasn't great, especially for those two. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I Zane clearly was not 100%. It was hard to tell, actually, at the end whether he actually got re-injured or if it was a setup. I'm pretty sure it was a work, but they ended it kind of a no-contest thing where uh, Zane started grabbing his shoulder and mm. refs came out while Owen still tried to get to him. Uh, William Regal even came out at one point and uh, fish-hooked uh, Owens, which was absolutely fantastic. And I would pay to see Regal and Owens go at it, and then Joe came out. Um the tag division uh, tag match was solid for what it was, uh, and it included a heel turn for the lovely Alexa Bliss joining Blake and Murphy, which is good for them because they needed a partner. And uh, Cass and Enzo are still great. It was just overall a really good show. Um, the the I feel like the women's match is the one that a lot of people are talking about outside of Samoa Joe. Right, and I think that it's talked about in the context of how are you going to take this group of women and put them into what's currently on the table in the Divas division. That, I, that's going to be the question. Yeah. That's going to be the real question. I mean, it's you have you have great matches, great storytelling going on at one level, and at the other level you have cat fights! And I... It, it, that's that's everyone's worry. You know, yeah. it goes back. I, I remember uh, it was Nikki Bella at some convention, you know, like a Comic-Con or whatever she was at. She, she, she and her sister did a panel, and she was like, you know, we kind of wish we were in NXT right now. Um, it's a different thing that's happening there, for yeah. sure. When when is their next event? Uh, the next big event is August, uh, okay. supposedly August, I think twelfth. But obviously, you know they have their shows, and they usually have kind of when they have three months between, they'll have one show that ends up kind of being a big, okay. you know, middle of the road. Okay, very good. Um, next, uh, <laughs> we just had Mickey James on the air last week, and you said, "Hey, how's everything going over there?" And she said, "Great, things are going great." And Kurt Angle was on a few weeks ago. Things are going great. Destination America is great to TNA. Uh, they're really promoting us. All's good. Uh, maybe not so much. Yeah, so, you know, Meltzer comes out with a report that, you know. It's Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. I know that most of us are nerds, but there's a chance somebody's listening uh, to this. Fair isn't. enough, fair enough. Uh, Dave Meltzer comes out with the report that, you know, maybe it's not quite as good. There, there's a little bit of tension on both sides. Destination America wants to get too involved. TNA doesn't really want them involved. Uh, you know, they're they're moving dates. You know, two months into this project, they're going from Friday to Wednesday, which you know, in a bubble, is fine. Well, Friday night's a bad TV night. It's a bad TV night, but at the same time, you know, you just got these fans over to Friday night. You're now going to, you know, this is the fourth or fifth in the past twelve months. The fourth or fifth. Uh, date or time change that they're doing for so not the best thing and then it comes out and Meltzer says oh by the way there, there's this uh, clause in their contract in September Destination America can opt out if they want to and they are planning on opting out in September um, this is really bad for TNA it's been look by the way it's bad for wrestling man 
you know, a, a lot of people don't care because they don't like the TNA product. I've never liked the TNA. You product want competition, much, but you, yeah, want, you need competition. You want competition, and you want alternatives. It can you know, only make everyone better when there's competition. You know, yes, Ring of Honor is still there, but they're on at 2 a.m. on a Saturday. Yes, and broker Lucha, deals, right? Yes, Lucha Underground is there, but it's such. You know, I love the fact that it is a complete difference. It is an alternative. But, at the same but it's time, not competition. It's it's not. It's, it's a on. Different it's product. on El Ray, and it's a completely different product, which is great. Which is right, great. It's right. exactly what we need. But it's not something that WWE is going to care about, or anybody's going to care about. You know, we have Global Force Wrestling. We don't know what's going on with that. They're starting to sign people, and it, they're doing a big show in Vegas. But we don't even know if they have a TV deal yet. So there is that vacuum there behind WWE that someone needs to step up, and you know. I don't know if this is the death blow for TNA or if they will find somebody um, to pick up their TV deals, but more and more it's starting to look like this is, I don't want to say the beginning of the end because the beginning of the end was probably two years ago at this point, or three years ago even, but, um, you know, it's dire straits for them. It's just, eh. Look, the big problem is that you knew it wasn't good when they left Spike, right? They could sell you on the idea of, hey, look, it's a you know a new place for us, and they're all on board. But we all knew better. We all knew it wasn't a positive sign that Spike was tapping out on TNA. This makes you think. This how how do you recover from this? How do you, how it's, do you it's, recover? It's really hard. You almost, I mean, for one, you have to. If you're going to do it, I don't think they will recover. If you get, you almost have to drop everything about TNA. You almost have to make a new company. You have to shed all of the baggage from TNA. Maybe you do something where, you know, something similar to what Jarrett's doing, and maybe that's why Jarrett will actually end up somehow stepping up and making a alter. You you go international. You team up with, you know, maybe I guess AAA is doing stuff with Lucha. So maybe you look at New Japan and you right. try to, you know, find some sort of combined, combined here, yep. combined effort. You totally change what TNA is. And I think that's the only way to save it at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, Which ugh. is sad, because there is talent there. That's the thing about it. I know everyone laughs at TNA. Impact has gotten better. It's not great, but there are still there's still talent there. There's still, you know, I mentioned Ethan Carter III. There's still Bobby Roode. There's still Austin Aries there. These guys are great. James Storm, I, we mentioned him with the whole Mickey James thing. There's still a lot of talent there. And sometimes, when they get it right, they're putting on you know, interesting, compelling storylines and matches. It's just not happening frequently enough, and there's just too much baggage with TNA right now. Um, let's talk about number three on the list because you Way and I— more fun. Yeah, you and I got the opportunity Saturday night to go check out Jim Ross here in Baltimore. He had appeared on Jobbing Out, uh, which feels like months ago. He was on, like, our third episode, I think. Yeah, he came on right after WrestleMania, right? I think. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I think it was yeah, the week, the week after, after WrestleMania. WrestleMania. That yeah. sounds right. And— I didn't know what to expect. We went and saw it's a ringside an evening with Jim Ross. I didn't know what to expect. It was at a venue called Ramshead Live here in Baltimore, which is a concert venue. It's not a comedy venue, which I would have thought would have been a more appropriate location for a show like mm-hmm. this. This was a little bit tough because it's sort of a big, expansive venue for an intimate conversation. Right. And that that part of it was kind of a bummer. I, look, I think Ramshead Live is as good a facility as we have in just the city. Just maybe not for that. Yeah, I yeah. just think that this ended up being a little bit of a mismatch for what they were doing. And, you know, it, I get it that wrestling fans can be rowdy, and that, but this was not a rowdy event. Right. This was a, a conversation is what it was. And so that part of it was a bit of a bummer. Other than that, 
It was really great. I mean, it was it was three and a half hours long. I thought it lasted like forty five minutes. As it we're, was as, unbelievable. As we were talking about with uh, JTG a minute ago, Jim Ross telling stories is that's a winner. I, that's a winner. I literally there are very few guys who I could just say, okay, I want to go and hear them talk for hours and hours. I between. You know, our conversation with him. I had another interview with him in the, the sun. sun right. And then the three and a half hours, probably five, five and a half hours. I, you know, I've spent talking and listening to Jim Ross. I'm, I'm, I feel like we've scratched the surface on what he could no uh, be saying. No and I, I could just sit there. If he started at one o'clock and went to 11, I could probably sit there and well, listen. And I think that was what was great about the Q&A is that it, it was a mix of tell me about this guy that you know. Tell me a story about you know, a, a former wrestler, and give me your opinion on this thing. Yeah. And I think that's what makes the show really good is that he can do all of those things. That there were only – there was somebody asked him a question about Ken Kennedy, and he came up dry. He had nothing to say back. He didn't He didn't know any of the details, or at least he said he didn't know any of the right. details. He just, well, he didn't uh, – A, he didn't want to talk about the steroids at all. Well, but, yeah. I, I get that, but that's one yeah. of the difficult things about doing a show like this is that if it feels – if it feels like you're holding something back from us, right. and I paid money to come see you, th- this is if you're going to go down this path, you got to be willing to open up. You got to be willing to. He did open up a lot. You know, he, he talked about I, Kevin Sullivan. I, I hear Sullivan you. showing up with his uncircumcised penis. I hear but. you, man. <laughs> I hear you. But you can't yes. dodge questions. If I pay money to see you to ask you questions, you can't dodge them. And sure. that was the only one that I felt like. He really went out of his way to dance around it. and But that was two minutes of three and a half hours. Right. I, right. It, overall, it was really, really good. But there's a purpose for it being really, really good, which is this is the point that you're at in your life. If you're at the point in your life where you're comfortable saying, I've got all these stories, mm-hmm. I have this inventory that I can now share with everyone, awesome. Share it. Right. Share it. Don't share the part of it that you're comfortable with sharing. Right. And that's my only – literally my only beef in three hours of Jim Ross – was that one response where I said, look, that smells like somebody who doesn't want to be done with WWE. That smells like someone who is worried about, dude, you, you know, you got to right. be willing to right. say what, what the truth is. No. Um, that, the guy had a very fair question. Ken Kennedy main evented Raw and was fired the next day. You know, and, and JR's answer was, well, sometimes you just lose your right. – your, you just lose your your rub. Okay, well if that was fair, the case. It, you, it, it might have he might legitimately not know because at that point he wasn't in you know in, in personnel control right. anymore. He was just doing the broadcast thing. So it, it's quite possible. But you he know that's not the answer because the guy was in the main event of Raw the night before. Correct. Yeah. No. You he, know that's not the answer to the question. Right. So I, I think he was also just caught off guard because no one has asked anything about Mr. Ken Kennedy, Kennedy or right. yeah, Mr. Anderson in years. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> But really, Jim, Jim Ross telling stories, sign me up. And I feel that way about, like, whatever you're into. Whatever yeah. you're into. In Baltimore, um, we loved Art Donovan, right? right. Uh, Letterman retired this week, and it was a big deal. Art Donovan used to go on Letterman. He didn't go on to promote anything. He didn't go on to talk about a movie that was coming out. Right. Letterman would just bring him on to tell stories. Right. And it was great television, especially for us in Baltimore, because, you know, my dad loved the Colts. So, of course, he's going to love listening to Art Donovan. Um Whatever you're into, listening to someone who's done it for a long time tell stories, Duh. it's a victory. It's a victory. If, if you missed out on it, well, you were just wrong there. But well, but coming back luckily, to the area. Coming yep. back to the area, middle of August, and uh, DC Improv. And DC Improv, so you should definitely go check it if out. If you're a wrestling fan, this is for you. 
that this is a no-brainer. There's no way. Like, he does a, and he does a story about it. If you aren't, let's say you're not a fan of the current product, he started by talking for a half hour about, you know, him starting in the territories in the 70s, breaking out all of these names that, you know, even I, for the most part, hadn't heard of. And it was fascinating. And he does it all in a very, you know, it's not a comedy show, but he does it mostly in a very comedic way. You know, he tells stories about guy who was working with getting drunk and, uh, his daughter was sleeping with Ted DiBiase, so Jim, right. Jim Ross was driving him down there, and he was going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> that Jr. only found out about half the way through. I mean, it, it, the stories are wonderful. They're wonderful, and I, it, I, the Q&A part of it makes it great because yeah. he, it means that part of it's going to change. That If you see him again, there's going to be something different because the questions are going to be different. He said the question he gets the most is Owen, right? Yeah. Nobody, asked, nobody no. asked about Owen yep. on Sunday night. Nobody did. So... It was. I I'd highly encourage you. I'm, I I am probably going to go back. No, even though I, I saw it the right. first time when he's right. in DC. I will probably go. As well. Highly encourage you to check it out because it's a it's a really good show. And again, I think the DC Improv is a much better location. Yeah. For it because of what they, they, they won't do. Have people regular. just standing up on the exactly, balcony. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So as we wind things down for this week's episode of Jobbing Out, I wanted to uh, get into our um, five things. We do this every week. Last week. Sometimes we like to mix it up. Our, our typical five things, the five things we uh, enjoy the most right now in WWE, and we'll do that again next week. And I, I feel like we covered a lot of the stuff that we would have said. So. L- last week, I got to have something specific to me. It was what five chants would I do at uh, Payback? This week, I want to give one specific to Aaron. It's a week for the nerds because everybody's nerding out about Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. So nerds, uh, nerds unite. Nerds rise up. And Aaron gets his own specific list this week. Yes. Aaron, I want to know... After Samoa Joe arrived, do some fantasy booking. What are the top five matches you'd like to see Samoa Joe compete in during this run with the WWE? And I don't know how long that's going to be. I don't know if it's a year. I don't know if it's 10 years. It won't be 10 years. Probably not 10 years. He's, he's 36 already. Is he so really 36? He's wow. 30. I mean, that's why this is I get it. a big I get deal. It. So let's say five years. I don't know if it's yeah. a year. I don't know if it's five years. Whatever it ends up being. Sure. Five matches you want to see from five to one, number five. Uh, number five, I think, I don't think I'll, this would be on a lot of people's list, but I think their styles would be pretty fascinating against each other, and that's uh, Joe against Randy Orton. I okay. think I think the deliberate, in, in that case, Orton would be even more deliberate than Joe is, but I think they have the, the kind of, they both have the high impact moves. Uh, Joe has his submissions, of course. I think they would mesh in a really fascinating way. I don't know if it would work completely. Yeah. But I really want to see it because I feel like if they did mesh, it would be a great, great match. I just don't know how the story gets there. Like, you know. Well, I'm just talking about the match. Right, I get yeah, it. I get it. I just, but I want, for me, part of it is that there's got to be a story. Oh, of course. But Who, I think you can. Okay. I, I think there are ways that, you know, you have, uh, I don't even, uh, you can build it. You can right. build it. Right. And we assume that, that Orton probably has another heel run in him and joe joe's a good heel as well okay that's that's the other thing is joe is you know Sami Zayn is obviously going to be a face for his career pretty much right because he is the white meat baby right uh joe is the and and uh kevin owens not a very good face so we know that he's probably going to be a heel for a majority of his run joe could go either way he's probably going to be face just because of the reactions he's going to get but um he could go either way uh the Next one on my list is kind of an indie fan's wet dream here, and uh, it's a match I don't believe uh, has happened anywhere on the indie circuit, 
and that's Joe against Finn Balor. I okay. don't believe Joe and Prince Devitt ever met at any point. I could be wrong about that. But um, to my knowledge, they haven't met. And just, you know, an indie fan's wet dream there, those two going at it. Uh, you can even have them, you know, like he did on uh, at the takeovers, come out, have Balor come out as the demon. They in, even added, uh, like, some Gaelic chanting to the beginning of his entrance to huh. summon the huh. demon. Huh. And, and have this stoic... Uh, Samoa Joe against Finn Balor, both of them who are great, who will, without question doubt, put on a great match. I'd, I'd love to see that. Okay, I can get behind that. This is a match that has happened before, my number three. It has happened before on the indie scene. Uh, Joe against Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins can work with anybody, and Joe and Tyler Black did face off in Ring of Honor. And, uh, in fact, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Joe was one of the early guys to face Tyler Black after he won the title. He came back... Just for a one-off show at one of their uh, pay-per-view, Rising Up, I believe it was, or Rise Above, something along those lines. And again, those two, you know, can just work together. The the big, you know, Joe uh, Joe will look like a monster next to Rollins. A lot of the, you know, flying around from Rollins. But as the heel, I think that would be a fascinating dynamic. The heel Rollins against the face Joe in that situation. No, I'm in for that one. Would, would be yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. great. I'm in for that one. Uh, my two-in-one, most people can probably, Joe Cena. Joe Cena, again, their, their styles are going to be great with each other. Cena has a guy who uh, – Cena obviously still has the power there. Joe can do a lot with Cena. They can both work well together. Their move sets are compatible with one another. The one thing uh, I don't think uh, – if Cena tried to put the STF on Joe, I think he'd be having none of that. Tough, right? Yeah, and uh, it, it would just be great. It would be, And then number one, uh, Joe Lesnar. Yeah, I, mean, I thought that's where you're gonna go, right? Yeah, it would be incredible. Just that match, Lesnar having someone who can hit as so hard much as power, him. right? Yeah, so it would be great. Yeah, yeah, I I can get behind that uh, wholeheartedly. Now, it's too soon to think that that could be. Yeah, no. Now, but down the road. Yeah, you, you tell me. You tell me, SummerSlam 2016. You have Joe Lesnar. Sure. Yeah, 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 I'm good by that. All right, so you're five. Give me again, uh, just five or- to one. Orton, Balor, Rollins, Cena, Lesnar. Very, very cool. All right, thanks to uh, JTG for checking in with us. Again, the book. Damn, why did I write this book? <laughs> Make sure you pick the copy, a copy of it up today and let them know who Molly Ringwald is if you happen to get the opportunity to chat with him. Um, we will be back next Thursday for an Elimination Chamber preview edition of the show. See how quickly that happened. It's, that uh, was uh, interesting. It's a very, very quick turnaround. Thanks uh, to uh, for all of you for listening. Please continue to spread the word about jobbing out. We are uh, growing at a grassroots uh, pace, and that's cool. We like that. Uh, it's sort of the nature of um, the pro wrestling fans. We enjoy doing it each and every week and appreciate the feedback. You can get to uh, Aaron on Twitter, at the AOster. And uh, what do you have coming up at The Sun and at uh, Rolling Stone? Oh, well, you can read uh, at The Sun my uh, takeover recap that I just put up, put a little bit, went a little bit more in depth than I did here on uh, all the matches and everything. I want you to go back. If you missed it earlier this week, I put out a, my interview with the Young Bucks at Rolling Stone. That blew up. Everyone's loving that. So please go uh, check that out, rollingstone.com, and uh, check out the Young Bucks, who, by the way, might be one of those. Uh, indie teams WWE's looking at the question is does the Young Bucks want to go to WWE okay and uh, yeah that's what you can uh, look out for very good you can get me on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio have a great week for Aaron Oster I'm Glenn Clark this is Jobbing Out